Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Whitney, we made it to the milestone of episode 72. It's a milestone? It is. Why is it a milestone? Because if you put a 19 in front of it, that's the year of my birth. Oh, Brent, I, we, I, I'm telling you, we need to step up the sound effects department here. And, <laughs> you didn't know you yeah. didn't know that was coming, so. <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough, Whitney's man. like, 72? Yeah, it's like, huh? What does 72 have to do with anything? Oh, man. Well, then I guess 71 was a milestone because that was mine, so it's, we'll... I, I tell you, we'll brush them under the carpet, call it, call it good job. Just keep moving on. Job well done, sir, and roll on. How about that? So episode 72 of the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Yes. Summer summer is winding down, Brent, and it doesn't, know. And it doesn't even feel right. No. That's, I, that's the problem. The long list of things in, I had in my mind that I wanted to kind of tinker with over the course of the summer. Yeah. It just set, that mental list is sitting there. Still undone mentally. Yeah, picture this is getting real. This is getting deep. Yeah, and we do this every episode. Yeah, and it's it's not gotten, and it's just kind of frustrating, you know. So, for I mean, is it is it just like stuff in your restore queue that you wanted to get to? Is it household projects? It's a little of both. You know, this year I, I I mentioned shows ago. Yeah, that my arcade stuff would most likely back off in the coming months. Yeah, yeah, and I was going to spend a little time and enjoy the summer. Yeah. And it's just not happened in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, well, but you know what it is, what it is. You know, first I, world problems. I get that, man. It's uh, well, plumbing. It's first world plumbing problems. Yeah. is what it is. I looked at it like this. I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I'm going to have something to have plumbing problems. That's, so it's very true. It's very true. You got to look at it that way. Now, when you're several hours into it, something yeah. that you thought was going to take 15 minutes. And you've already stripped out of a layer of clothes because it's the, that layer is soaking wet. Yeah. And you're on a ladder with your elbow deep into the crawl, the, not the crawl space, into this drop ceiling. Yeah. yeah it, it's not, it's not all rosy, just like I explained it at that point. It's not, it's you know? not fun, but you know what? Regardless, it's always a privilege. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So I did manage to get some arcade game room pinball stuff taken care of sort of you this don't month. you don't say i did really yeah i have not rearranged the game room it is still exactly in the position that it was left in last show don't feel bad brand because i haven't finished my zookeeper yet so <laughs> you know something we 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 both have our albatross and uh and you know i'm just gonna go ahead and toss that right on out there you know and i bet 150 people just went right through their own right through their own little you know headphones and everything else we don't so, have that yeah. many listeners I'm rounding up. How okay, about that? Right. And they're going, yeah, man. Why don't you finish the zookeeper, man? It's like, I hear you. I, I, I know. Trust me. I, I hear you. It, it mocks me daily is what it does. <laughs> you know what mocks me daily? That Tron that's sitting behind you in my shop. That Tron, I want it out of my life so, so bad. bad. So bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, trust me, dude. I so get it. Because my zookeeper sits over next to me in my office at home. And I have to when I when I walk into my my home office and I sit down, the zookeeper's right there off to my left, <laughs> laughing and, at you, kind of like the Joker. Yeah, and, and I look at it every morning and uh, kind of looks at me back, and it's like, finish me, and I'm like, Whitney, can't do it today, baby. Whitney. Sorry, <laughs> you know, and it's like I'll try again next week, and you know what? Next week rolls around, and it's like I'll try again next week. Next week rolls around, and there there it is, man. Just all part of it, though. Well, listeners of the show know I've already got a Tron in my game room. Mm-hmm. And the Tron that's in my shop, 
is part of I, I, I was almost going to say the tail end, but I, I'm not all the way through the, the cycle of games. It, it is part of the trading and churning of games uh, as a result of a bunch of games I bought. Now, gosh, at this point, Whitney, was that last summer? Mm-hmm. I've lost yeah, track. Yeah, it, it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was last summer. And, and so between games that came in that, that group that I knew I was going to go ahead and, and you know move along – and then games that I traded out in my collection to make space for other games that came, you know, so there was this whole turn and churn kind of process. That's where this trons has come from. I have um, at least three people. I have a pecking order of people that want that game. They're just waiting for it. They're just waiting. And there's a list and the list, you know, it's like, well, all right, well, let me know if I've got second right. I've got first right. They they haven't said that, but I I know I've got a defined list of people. Hey, this gentleman's asked if he passes, then you, and then I've got, yeah. And that's one of the things that irritates me is, is that I know that as soon as I get that thing whipped into shape, it's not like then I'm going to have to market it and uh, set up times and, oh, well, I'm out in, uh, uh, Northern Ohio. What about yeah. a shipping? Yeah, or can yeah. you hold it for a month until I come down to see my aunt? Or that game is gone. Mm. <laughs> Space is returned. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's an easy win. Yeah. But it's not one yet. No. Yeah. No. No. It's going to be a slog. We're. Uh, I'm not a baseball person, but I'm going to say we're somewhere around the seventh inning, and the storm clouds are coming in. Yeah. So it's yeah, not going to yeah. be easy. Yeah. I get that. The board works in it. It needs a monitor gone through. The monitor works in it. Uh, most everything that's that needs to be addressed is physical. Yeah, the bottom's got the bottom of the cabinet's got some issues, so I'm actually going to have to take everything out of the bottom and get it kind of straightened out, and give it a good cleaning. I've got a new joystick for it, the the handle, not the whole assembly. The yeah. stick is fine. Yeah. I got a new. Um, gosh, who is it? I'm, I'm grabbing the one on my Tron it's right a now. Groovy game, groovy gear. game gear. I've yeah. got a groovy game gear, brand new groovy game gear handle for it. Yeah, and. You know, I'll put all new black lights in it, and it'll be a nice game when it's done. Very nice. Very nice. I just got to do it. Yeah, I, but, I get it. So, yeah, uh, game room hasn't been rearranged. I still have the space shuttle pin, and that's <laughs> fine. It's sitting there. Yeah. Well, you're, st- you're, you're still coming out on the up on that. Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's yeah. all right. At one, now, one thing I did want to mention is one of my Nintendos finally started acting a little wonky. Oh, impossible. I can't believe I, it. I cannot believe it. What's up and what my, happened? My nephew stayed uh, an evening with me and a couple weeks ago, and as part of that, we come down here and played games. You know, we had... We went to the lake with a buddy of mine. Okay. Actually, you know, the Litzy family. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we oh, yeah. went to the lake with them oh, and yeah. had a good Saturday. Then we were just back here at the house. And I said, let's go play some games. You want to go play some games? So turn the game room on. I said, you pick. And he loves Metal Slug. Oh, So yeah. I actually played all the way through Metal Slug. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. The very end of this is Metal Slug 1. If you've ever played it, there's actually like this series of cutscenes at the end of the game that is sort of. Um, I'm trying to remember. There's a paper airplane. I want to say like, like one of the guys writes a letter on the airplane and he throws it and it flies through. Uh, portions each of the segments that it flies through represents each of the boards in the game each of the okay. levels in the game yeah and, and, and 
it's not worth seeing. So <laughs> that's where I'm going with well, it. It's it, like, it. It was then, yeah, but it's maybe like, not now. It's like all that and this. Yeah. Okay, okay, great. Uh-huh. So while we're playing, I look over in my... Yeah. The one Nintendo I have left down here right now is a Versus cabinet. And it's got a switcher in it. Okay. And it, it, it just starts wigging out. Mm-hmm. And eventually it just goes to like a blue screen or whatever it was like oh my gosh so i I haven't looked at it and honestly the thing has been rock solid it's been moved around recently so i I i'm hoping it's got i think what's it got in it now i think it's got mario brothers and excite bike so i'm honestly i'm just hoping that it i I can just get in there and kind of reseed everything and and it'll be happy because it would kind of come and go it was very intermittent Mm -hmm. it wasn't it i don't think it was a board thing because it didn't affect one game or the other the whole thing went it was either up or not yeah exactly yeah yeah so so. and and honestly it could even be the power supply at this point yeah yeah well so that's something else to deal with yeah pretty easy fix though actually yep uh, I, I mean, I've done a lot of stuff out in the garage. One of the things I have done recently is I had a pole position cab out there, and there's a local collector that is trying to resurrect a pole position. Godspeed, young man. Godspeed. <laughs> it's a, that is a young man's game is yeah. what that is. Yes. Oh, that the, the pole position I was trying to whip together before Louisville Arcade Expo has been the – was the – first in a line of arcade failures for me as of late because i just i couldn't get through it yeah and i wasn't in in the time in the time and i had to set it aside to go and look at other stuff and man it's a it's pole position so nonetheless i had a cabinet out there a pretty nice cabinet Uh and he has been asking me to get that thing dug out for a bit and i finally just okay uh there that was that was kind of the first Tetris piece in this process that I wanted to get through out in the garage because I needed to make kind of a hole, if you oh, will. Yeah. So I'm just like, this is where we're going to start. So we start digging. And it's like, you know, it's like Indiana Jones, man. I'm going in and I'm, yeah. I'm tie a rope to me so that because I'm going to go in so deep, you may have to pull me out or <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to follow the rope out, you yes. know? Yeah. I get it out, get it all taken care of. His is apparently really badly water damaged. Like, okay like a foot up the cabinet or something. Okay. So this is a pretty solid cab and he's going to go through it and he's a little body work. He's going to take care of that. He is happy. I'm happy. He hasn't picked it up yet. I'm going to be really happy when I get that space back in the yeah. temporary place it's moved. But yeah. um, what I did though, is there I, anything in that cab or is it just an empty there's cab? Some, there's some bits and pieces in it. Yeah, he okay. was mainly worried about, he just wanted a solid cab. He had everything else. Okay. So I, he said, anything in it you want, I just want the cabinet. So I scavenged a few pieces out of it so that I had some parts and it is what it is. Yeah. Fair enough. So good and gone. Yep. Good and gone. Yep. Now what I ended up doing though, is I put some, I had a, uh, some shelves, uh, the plastic kind of head, not super heavyweight, kind of midweight shell, a shelving unit. I think it's probably it's taller than me. So it's probably six foot tall, like five shelves. Okay. Not the little lightweight deals. I had one of those wrapped up in shrink wrap still from being purchased that I wanted to stand up. And that's actually, after I rearranged some things, I made uh, like this corner space in this row of games that I've got out in the garage. And what ended up going up on that is everybody's seen these. I don't even know actually what you call them, but you know, the little storage bins like you have on your workbench. There's oh, yeah. like a little box. Yeah, it yeah. might be, 
12 or 18 inches yeah. by 10 inches. And it's got all the little drawers in it. Yeah, and all the little plastic drawers. Yeah. Well, I have 25, if not more of those that came from the tech room of an operator that I had bought out. And it was, I mean, there's a, there's actually like a sticker on the side of one of them. It's like a calendar and it's like 1985 or 86 or something. Okay. So this was their parts, their electronics parts selection, everything from just run of the mill resistors to capacitors to all kinds of 74 series TTL and processors. And I mean, you just all kinds of stuff in here, okay. you know, mild to wild. Yeah. And I had been in a couple of them. I've had these things for, I don't know how many years and they've, I've gotten into a couple of them, but I would say 95% of them when I took them down, I wrap shrink wrap around them. So the drawers wouldn't come out and I could just set them in the bed of my truck as a unit. Uh-huh. And 95% of them were still wrapped up. Okay. So I got into all those. I had them on this cart and that's, that's where this is going. This is the Tetris, the yeah. game, the, the garage arcade park Tetris. I had them on this cart that came from an auction I was at years ago. And the cart is, it's probably three foot by two and a half foot. It's real sturdy. It's homemade out of two by fours. It's on wheels. It's got a real heavy uh, top on it. And then it's got like a 10 gauge piece of sheet on it, piece of uh, uh, sheet metal on it. And someone had made this cart, uh, I guess, as a weld to weld and work on because it's actually got some really nicely welded pieces of uh, uh, bar stock on it that I, it looked to me like they were put there f- uh, for clamping locations. Okay. So somebody used it to at the same auction. I got a bunch of, of steel to angle and box and all kinds of stuff. So I had this cart tied up with all these arcade parts. And at first it made sense because I could put them all on the cart and wheel it in the garage. And well, a couple years later, they're still on the cart <laughs> and I don't have a cart and every, and it's just in the way. Yeah. Yeah. So all this goes up. Now I've got access to all these parts. I do need to go through all these parts because some of the drawers are mixed up. Stuff just happens that a lot of them are labeled, but the labels are faded and some of them are just miscellaneous and there's just randomly pulling drawers. There's some, cool hard to find stuff in these drawers all right great not unless you don't you know it's great other than you don't know exactly where anything's at yeah so exactly so now anyway i've got all this stuff up i've got access to it and i've got my cart back so what what's the next stage in the tetris game here i mentioned on prior shows that i'm working on a vacuum thermal former Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. so in tandem with all this I've started to get more parts for that. So I've already I've already had picked up the the metal parts that are going to be used for a portion of the overhead part of the vacuum former where the the frame that holds the plastic comes down and the heater the heater box will set on this metal. Yeah. So I sat down and figured out all my dimensions and I've picked up all the lumber and I've gone ahead and I've ordered and already gotten in the parts to build the heater. You want, man, you want to talk about you, basically you build the heater out of the, you, you've got a coiled nichrome wire, which is you can run two two twenty through it and it's got a little resistance and it, it, and it it's a heating element. Uh-huh. So like if you've ever seen the, the more, 
common, well, I say common because you and I, let's just face it, we're not spring chickens, Whitney. Yeah. You don't see them anymore, but the, remember back in the day, you could get a little space heater and you looked in it and it looked like a toaster. Oh, sure. You could yeah. see the little wires. See, in. see the little wound wire. And yes. then even, even to that end, like if you look down in a toaster, you see the little wound wire. Yeah. Well, that's like a niachrome wire. That's a heating wire. Yeah. So this is what I'm going to build this, this heating, this heat oven out of okay you can't just attach that to anything because yeah. first of all you can't attach it to, to metal you know metal stand up to the heat yeah well how you you got to insulate it because you've got to get power to it yes. so you have to have insulators between it and the metal so that the metal isn't live and it's just yeah it's it, yes it's it's some design work no doubt correct so the yeah. common way to do this is to get ceramic board ceramic fiber board and then you can actually make your ends for your nichrome wire with a bolt and then connect your wire to like actual wire after you've switched it and everything to the bolts to power the nichrome wire. And then you can tie the nichrome wire to the board with any kind of metal or loop or clip or whatever you want because that board will stand up to the heat and it's not conductive. Yeah. There so there's this, there's this whole long process. Yeah. So anyway... I initially was going to just try to buy off-the-shelf heaters and then strip out the bodies and repurpose them. And it turns out for what I ended up wanting to do, I'm going to basically follow a design that is out there for a similar type unit Okay, and just make my own okay, is what fair, I'm going to do. Fair enough. So I, I went all the way around the block to go next door to say, I've gotten all these parts. I've okay. ordered all this stuff. So that stuff showed up. And... I've taken a look. I've redesigned how I'm actually going to do the vacuum system. I'm going to end up going with air tanks and a vacuum pump and then draw the tanks down and then have a dump valve as opposed to trying to do a shop vac okay. and just plug it into the side of it. Yeah, that's probably a, that's probably a more robust way of solving the problem, I, I would think. I, I think it is. Yes. I, I'm not going to have the sustained pull like I would from a shop vac because a shop vac will just run. Yeah. I'm going to have, but I'm going to have a much harder pull uh-huh. by dumping by a dumping, vacuum from an 11 gallon. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. So, you'll, you'll have a, you'll have that flash pull that and should just be boom. hard. Yeah. Real yeah. hard. Yeah. So at this point I've got both, I've got two air tanks cause I'm going to build two of these. I'm build one for myself, one for my niece. Uh huh. And really, of of the major parts left to buy, I need to figure out and just settle on a vacuum pump and, and get the vacuum pumps. Now, where do you buy those? I mean, that's not something. I mean, is that a is that like an item from Granger or something? Granger like that? has it's it's very common. Like if you're going to draw down an air conditioner HVAC yeah. system, yeah. So great, you can get them mild to wild, like any like anything, anything else. else. Yeah. So you can go and drop two or three hundred dollars and get a nice Robin Air one, uh-huh. or you can get into the sub hundred dollar range and just get a Chinese one. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's what I'm going to end up doing because it's not like I'm going to be. I'm not working on a system, an HVA system or something. I don't have to use this every day, day in, day out for multiple pulls a day as I'm installing systems or doing some kind of work. Yeah, understood. You know, it's going to get occasional, occasional use. Yeah, okay. So, you know, if if I go and I get one, if I get a couple of them and they're 60 bucks a piece and one burns up in a couple years... I'm still way ahead of the game. Yeah, yeah, you're still doing fine. So yeah, that's that's just what I'm going to end up doing. 
All right, so to work on that, I wanted that cart. So that's where all this is leading to. Now I've got my cart back. I can actually not, I can start to work on things. I can put my saws up on it. I don't have to keep it all on the floor. Okay. And I'm not up and down because Whitney, as we've discussed, I'm getting old. Well, it's, you know, I'm thinking ahead. <laughs> get, yes. Getting down is painful. Getting up is slow. Smarter, so, not harder. Smarter, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yes. So, the, and this kind of even goes back to even like the air compressor talk and the shop talk from a show or two shows ago. I, I'm, that this was on that kind of mental list checklist of things for the summer, which was really kind of get my workspace in line. And not only can I work on stuff like a thermoformer or the car or the truck or whatever, but also it just makes it that much easier to work on games or pinballs or whatever, because I've got that functional space back and I've got a better, a better, better access to my tools and and just shop equipment. Yeah. Everything. Yep. So that that's where all that's how I've been tetrising. Like I said, I keep saying that, and that's what it has been. It's been robbing Peter to pay Paul. All right, this moves, that opens this up, then this moves, and this opens this up, and it's just been this never seemingly never ending process that all revolves around a pole position, cabinet. a pole position cabinet. Yeah, as strange yeah. as it all came down to a pole position cabinet. <laughs> Odd but fitting. Odd but fitting. <laughs> yes. Oh. Um. So I mentioned the Tron and, you know, here, here's what's keeping me from that. Some of this lead up stuff to the thermoformer. All right. Uh, I've been trying to, I keep saying, I think I keep saying this, been clearing the decks. One of the things I've had on my checklist was to get that Tron, or Tron excuse me, that pole position out, yeah. get that off my plate, not just to get it out of my way, but, but that was something that I said, okay, yes, you can have that. I will sell that to you. And it, it, it was in my own time to get it out. But honestly, I, I've taken too long. You know, this, I offered it, I offered it like, I think December. He yeah. hasn't been in a hurry, but he, now he's getting to a point where he'd like to work on his project. And, yeah. you know, this is, we're almost nine months out from when I, and I'm like, yeah, dude. And that's on me. Well, it, trust me, I've got my own list of items like that as well. Trust me. Yes, I get it. I've been. Uh, uh, I mentioned the 3D printer. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that two shows ago? Two shows ago. Two shows yeah. ago. Yep. Uh huh. And that has turned into, for for listeners of the show, they'll understand this. That has turned into the Ghostbusters pinball of 3D sure. printers. And you know something? When I saw that in the show notes before we started recording, I laughed out loud <laughs> because you didn't even need to explain it any more than that. It's like, oh yeah, okay, okay, I get that. Yeah, I, I get that. I it that's kind of a bad a bum deal but i get it yeah. so while here's the tide of the here's the tide of the hobby you know if you didn't listen to the show if you're new to the show uh whitney and i have talked about not not even on the air you and i've chatted about like 3d printers for a while we have yeah and, and we've talked about things that we could we could pick up that would be useful in the hobby and other, you know, let's just be honest. It's kind of a toy, kind of a nicety. And, you know, when I started, yeah, but it has purpose though. Yeah. 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 Oh, there's a lot you can do. Yeah, exactly. Fun and use useful and fun. However you want to say it, you know, useful and meaningless. There is probably a better way of putting it. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the things I've, once I finally kind of settled on wanting a 3d printer, Part of that turned to, okay, I almost really kind of need to justify it past the fun. I can make all these little baubles great. 
So I started actually looking at functional stuff that would fit into like pinball machines, stuff I can make for games, arcade games, whether it's some sort of topper or there's just an untold number of, of models that are already out there. So you can even sidestep for a very long time, if not forever, needing to design anything. Yeah. Okay. There is so much stuff out there. I, I found a design the other day that I've, I've already bookmarked. Somebody had made this Pac-Man chasing the, the ghosts. And here's the cool thing about, okay, well, great. Okay. It's just, that's flat. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. There's a base and that base has got gears in it. Yeah. And the Pac-Man and each of the ghosts are on a stalk standing vertically and then when you grab any one of them and turn them 90 degrees, they all flip. Oh, So nice. you start off with the Pac-Man facing away and the ghosts, their natural color. And you huh? can print them in the correct filament, the yeah, correct color straight from no, filament or no, paint I, them. I, I, this, is, this is neat. It's really neat. It's neat. And, and when they designed it. I, I see where you're going with this for sure. There's even recesses in the ghosts for like their face, their eyes and their mouth. Uh-huh. So then if you could print either in the same color filament or directly in the color you want with proper color filament. Yeah. You can you know print and paint or print correct color to start with and then assemble the eyes and the mouth into the ghosts. Yes. Then when you turn one of them, they all flip because of the gearing in the base. Yeah. And then the inverse side, the ghosts are blue and their eyes and their mouth have changed to that, oh my gosh, I'm running. Yes. And now Pac-Man is face. It's really it, it, neat. Yeah, the whole power pellet scenario yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to make something like that. That'd be <laughs> oh, I, cool. I, if I had one, I'd be all over that for sure. So anyway, all right. So all that self-justification is why I spent the money for a 3D printer. All right. Hey, man, I tell you what, I'm good with it. You know? <laughs> if, if, if it matters... I'm good with it. There's there's stuff like uh, I I sent you uh, a, the a fester for Adam's family, and, and there's this whole concept in three printers where you print hair. Yes, and yes. what they the way they do that. No, it was cousin it. Wasn't oh, cousin fester. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Cousin, cousin it. Cousin it. it. Yes. So what they do is they'll have the model in the middle of this thin cylinder. And as they print where the hair goes, they'll drag a string of plastic out to the edge of the cylinder. So when you look, you look at it, you just you have a cylinder, and you look down at it, it almost looks like there's a hairbrush stuffed in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you cut around the inside of the cylinder and slide this thing out. Now it looks like you're holding like a toilet brush, you know, because all these plastic strings are straight out. You hit it with a heat gun and literally comb his hair down. And then as it re-solidifies, as it cools, it looks like hair because you've got all these individual strings. Strands, yeah. But it's, air quotes, solid because yeah. it's it's not solidified, but it's re-hardened. Yes, you know? yes, yes. It, it's really cool the way it's pulled off. And it's kind of an ingenious thing that someone came up with. But So, yeah, there's stuff for the atoms. There's stuff for... Uh, go in WPC games in general, like to help the ball trough and for wear spots and there's all kinds of cool stuff. So yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm, I keep justifying this to myself. The Again, printer, I'm good with it. Yeah. 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 I mean, you're making sense to me. How about that? So here, here's the lesson learned for everybody listening. And I know there's a couple listeners cause we've heard from them that bought the same printer. Yes. All right. Yeah, and we do have some feedback in in the uh, in the news and in feedback section. Oh, for do some, we? For some input on that as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, 
we have, we'll have to talk about that because I didn't see where that came in. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, yeah. It probably popped in later, but yeah, it's there. So I ended up buying this printer call, uh, called called um, a, a 10S from a company called Creality. And it's a Chinese company. They uh, they make uh, several printers. They have, of course, folks that resell in China, folks that resell stateside. They're kind of out there. And as I took it, the short of the story was is they kind of made a splash because they came in with a printer that had really good specs, worked pretty darn well out of the box, and really kind of blew the water out of the pricing model that was currently out there for printers of those specs uh, and, and that capability. Okay. And at the end of the day, when you look at it, I don't want to downplay what they did, but basically, they took what, in my mind, what a lot of people would use to make their own printers, okay. and they added a lot of shine to it. Okay, because you All could right. go out, you could buy the extruded aluminum uh, sticks if you were, and this aluminum's got channel in it, so you put a T nut in it, and you can, you know, it's pretty common out in the out in the air quotes world or in industry to be able to get joints, so you can put put these together at ninety degree angles and all this. So that's what they use to make their base, and then their vertical for their gantry. Then they use that aluminum for um, pretty much, you know, all the all the the framework. And then there's, you know, all the pieces are off the shelf, like the bearings and then the rollers that the, the, the hot end, the nozzle travels on and the steppers, that's all off the shelf. Okay. Now, what they bring to the table is, is they do all the engineering. Okay. They figure out, I I, I need, this needs to be this long. It gets cut this way. I'm going to source all these parts from all these different vendors. I'm going to be your contract manufacturer. Okay. And then they also bring to the table the pieces that are a little bit unique. Like uh, they go in and they do all the stamping or they have somebody do the stamping. They source it so that all the mounts are made the uh where the stepper motors mount how those are you know they take care of all that that's what you're paying for you're paying for that you're paying to have a nice control box made and yeah, as opposed to I you got, having to you. cobble something together yeah, and yeah. their firmware and so that's what you're paying for okay. and i understand that that's fine yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's value add there yeah, no yeah. doubt about it now the, the downside to it is and it is what it is you're still getting a Chinese made printer. Okay. So yeah. where, what, what is, what is phenomenal is when you go out and you look at this, there's a, there's, in my opinion, a large percentage of the, uh, the 10 S purchasers that have awesome luck out of the box. So you go out in the support group and you look at the, the people that are out there, Hey man, this is what I'm printing. And you're like, Oh my gosh, that is beautiful. I can't get mine to do jack. What's going on? Now, mine hasn't been that bad. There is okay. a small percentage of people that fall into that uh, that category where they've got no, they've got a problem or they've got a series of problems, and it's not some of it is related to trying to learn how to use the thing. I knew that was coming into it. I knew there was going to be a learning curve because you had to understand. Uh, I don't want to say programming. That's not the way to describe it. But you had, it's not as simple as printing to paper. Okay. That has been solved for decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, there is a lot still in the works, but in the process to go from a model that you either design or download to get it to a form 
that the printer, any 3D printer will print. Mm -hmm. And the difference, the problem there, that's the right word in my opinion, the problem is, is basically the equivalent of a print driver. Mm -hmm. Because what you have to do is you have to get in and sort of tweak your software to your printer. And because this is so mechanical, everyone isn't the same. So you can't go, I can't, Whitney, if you figure it out for your printer and I have the same printer, it's like two pinballs. They might be the same pin. They may have been made on the line right next to each other, but, but they're, they're going to play. The same machine. They're exactly right. They're going to yeah. play differently. Same yeah. thing with the printer. Uh-huh. So yours, your, your profile might be a good start, but I still have to tweak it for my machine. Yeah. And then that'll ch- that could change over time. So that's that's where the rub is, okay? So I knew that going into it. What ended up happening with this, this is this is getting in, it, entirely too long of a story. The short of it is, is my printer ended up oh, having... Oh, no, dude, have you listened to our podcast? Oh, my gosh, I know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, and this is what's getting me, because there's yeah. so many things I've got that I want to... Even if I can't get the, air quotes, print driver part figured out just as perfect as I like things, because uh-huh. I'm pretty anal about a lot of stuff yeah if i can't i don't care i i I can't get to the point where i can start making these little fun things and stuff to put in the games and there's there's this list of things i've got i want to just print yeah but you're stymied i'm stymied you're stymied by something so elementary yeah but it's insolvable all the same. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, man. Don't, don't, don't I feel that pain? So I've got the learning yes. curve of figuring out the print options, Okay, which is okay, but that is compounded with some hardware problems I'm having. And I, I guess the word of warning here is, is, I mean, I got what I paid for. And I knew that there could be some issues going into it. Yeah. And but, all in but all. You, but you really got what you paid yeah, for. Yeah. All in all, I'm still not upset about it. Because it'll all, it's all working itself out. But the experience hasn't been what I would have hoped for on the good side in that I've basically lost a month twiddling around with it. And honestly, I'd have much rather spent that time figuring, already having a head start into the software side. So, so, let, so let me ask you, and I'm just playing devil's advocate when I ask, okay? Do you feel that, that you could have got that month back and saved that frustration or let me ask this another way. Do you feel that what you've learned over the past month is is pocketable knowledge that would translate over to any other printer you would work with? Meaning, do you feel like you should have bought something like a MakerBot instead? I have actually contemplated that exact question. Uh-huh. and. I mean, does that Honestly, make sense? I yeah, mean, no, no, it I, makes I'm sense. Asking, I'm asking the same and, exact question two ways. Yep, yeah, no, I, the question makes sense. And my answer is, honestly, I don't think I would have done it any different because... Okay, fair enough. It, it, in my mind, the issues that I'm facing, uh-huh. I'm the average person, anybody with a printer is going to face them or something close to it. Yeah. At some point in time. Yeah. And I have got that much more knowledge into, okay, well, um, I've got to disassemble this. I've got to do that. Yeah, I've got to take this apart. You're getting it all on the front side. I, I'm, just, I'm getting it all on the front side. That's exactly now, right. Now, a lot of the printers, MakerBot, there's, you've kind of got your, your um, I guess, market leader. Is that the way to put it? They they, they, all, would, they would say so. Yes. Uh, yeah, they yeah, would say so. They would say so. I'm going to guess that if I went and got a MakerBot, 
the hot end, which is actually where the nozzle, where the plastic comes out, where it actually prints from, the the mechanics are going to all roughly be the same. Kind of like in my mind, it's like a Ford versus a Chevy. Okay, I know how to drive it. The gas pedal is going to be in the in the same place. The key is going to be roughly in the same place. Windshield wipers work a little different. Turn signal, where's that stock at? You know, there's going to be some differences, but at the end of the day, it's roughly the same concept. Yeah. Okay. The motor, the 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 Ford cylinder heads are not going to fit on the Chevrolet motor. Yeah. But overall, that concept is the same. Yeah. It's portable. Right. Yeah. So I'm not going to be able to go get like the the hot end, the nozzle parts off that printer and put it on a MakerBot. Yeah. But the way the filament drives, steppers, understanding bed leveling, yeah. that stuff's all going to translate. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. Anyway, so the, you know, real quick, the first thing I ran into was bed leveling. You you've you've got a process to go through to get the bed level so that when it goes to print, it basically level set no pun intended yeah it level sets everything and then sets your initial distance off the bed for the nozzle so it just doesn't start spitting into space or it's not pressing into the bed <laughs> yeah that's pretty key your neither, foundation neither of which deliver no. deliver a good uh, a good outcome not at all yes spitting into space <laughs> that's i mean it'll do that it doesn't it's funny i yeah, is 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 the the problem that was the real problem, which I'll mention in a second, really started to ramp up. I would print something, and I would get so far into the print, and it would pop the print off the bed, <laughs> yeah. and it would the printer doesn't know, yeah. and it's just blah, 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 it's yeah. just running it, and it's just like spitting plastic in a big hairball. It yeah. doesn't know. Have you ever just wanted to take a ball bat and just just clear the table? That real did quick? cross my mind. I'm sure yeah. it did because yeah. yes. I, I had it. I had it in a back bedroom, and it really crossed my mind just to open the window uh-huh. and to go ahead and open the uh, just um, just do uh, just and a, just push that sucker right yeah. out into the driveway. A modern day heave ho, huh? Yep. Yeah, it did get frustrating. So, you know, there, there's a couple things that, that come known with these generally, and I ran into it. Like, it comes with a sheet of glass that goes over the heated, the aluminum bed, and that glass is your build plate, and it mm-hmm. you work just, it builds on, it's a build plate. Yeah. It does what yeah. it, yeah, it does what it says. Yeah. They're known to just, I don't Shatter. know. No, let's just throw in there whatever. And Uh-oh, it was, okay. it, it had dips and low spots and I couldn't get a good oh, bed level. Oh. So then the next, <laughs> what everybody does is they go get a mirror because mirrors, you can get a 12 by 12 inch a pack of mirrors, 12 inch by 12 inch here in yeah. the States, which is right real close to what that mirror is. Cause it's however many millimeters yeah. by however many but millimeters. Dude, those mirrors are so thin though. And well, the just... mirror I've got is, it's okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's as thick as the plate was. Oh, okay. Well, then fair enough. But okay. mirrors tend to be more within a tolerance because if they're not flat, then the image is distorted. That's it. And what I ran into was I actually, the plate itself had a warp in it. So by the time I clamped the mirror on it, I still have a spot. So then oh. how do you address that? You go and you find your low spot and you put painter's tape under the mirror. So the mirror has this ever so slight, cause we're talking, we're talking M- millimeters, sub millimeters yeah, here. Yeah. Millimeters here. And so you can get that much flex in it. Uh-huh. And, and I'm like, okay, so I understood. Yeah. The tolerances aren't super tight. Okay. Whatever. That's one thing. But here, here's what ended up burning me. Then we'll put this to bed. No pun intended, because we're talking about leveling a bed. The what the, from my first print going up to the point where I almost shoved it out the window, 
I was having under extrusion issues where I could see like a layer. I'd get the prints like, oh man, that looks really good, like a test print or something. And I'd see one layer every so often that would that would have gaps in it. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm just tuning. I'm working. Okay. Yeah. Well, that got progressively worse. And I thought, okay, well, I'm I'm I've overtuned. I've done this. Maybe that. And things got better, but yet that continued to just get worse and worse. And eventually what ended up happening is I noticed plastic was just oozing all around the heater for the nozzle. Okay. The nozzle's got a heater. The, no- the nozzle screws into a block. The block has a heater in it, and that's what heats the filament to make it melt to squirt out the end to build your print. Okay, okay gotcha. There's very rudimentary... 3D yeah, printing. Yeah. I got it. Lay, laying yeah, 3D it, it printing makes, knowledge it makes on sense. you. It makes sense though. So it was, it was assembled incorrectly is what the moral of the story is. And there was a gap in there and that was causing a clog that was causing my extrusion problems that was causing the nozzle to back up. And eventually it just puked all over itself. So now here's where I paid for buying this from GearBest. Okay. Okay. Cause we talked about GearBest. Uh huh. And you'd heard of Gearbest. They sell a bunch of gadgets and all that. Yeah. Gearbest has a ticketing system and they're responsive. There's some. This is important. There's a language barrier. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that is workable. All right. It was not too bad. But if they go to send you parts, they're sending them from China. Oh, boy. So what I ended up doing, they're, they're sending me that whole. Hot nozzle, that whole hot end assembly. Yeah, I just went and bought another one. Okay, and at the end of the day, I'm going to have another one eventually show up. I was actually looking at the ticket today because they hit me up and they just today tried to close the ticket, asking me if everything was resolved. They stuck it in the mail like 22 days ago. Uh-huh. I'm like, no. Yeah, it'll be here by Thanksgiving. I'm like, no, it's not resolved. I don't. What I, did you send? Where's yeah, it at? When's I, it coming? Got, I have nothing. Right. Yeah. Now, here's the upside to the printer like this. The stuff is off the shelf, like I mentioned earlier. That hot, that whole hot end assembly, there's a heat sink. There's a, there's a, a tube that goes through the heat sink. The filament goes through. There's the nozzle itself. There's the thermistor so that it, it has feedback to tell you how hot it is. There's yeah. the heat. That whole assembly is like $16. Man, I'm telling you, you can't beat that. No. Yeah. And all the all the pieces are off the shelf. So like I bought a uh the nozzles are almost like a wear part. Uh-huh. I bought a pack of 10 of those for like $2. Yeah. I mean it's so the the upside is man, I would be hard pressed to go any other route than you've gone to be yeah. quite honest with you. Now I I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about it and I'm, and I'm sorry to interrupt but no, just thinking No, no, this has gone on way too long. No, I mean, well, this, it, this it, is not a print 3D printing podcast, it, but well, I'm thinking it, well, it's <laughs> We, we've turned it into that. I may House, do another show. Household plumbing, console games, Vectrex, Vec, you know, Vectrex. All I want is to print a thing for my Adams family. Yeah, with yeah. Me. No, I get that. I get that. And and I, we'll, we'll let you we'll let you turn the corner on this here in a second. Oh my but, gosh! But I'm just sitting here thinking. Initially, when I started thinking about buying a 3D printer, I wasn't going to consider much of anything that wasn't. Towards the higher end, like a MakerBot, I, I looked at that, yeah. like a MakerBot Replicator 2X or or something like that. I know that's that model is a little older. You now, can even but go still. now 
mono price. Uh huh. They have they offer a couple printers. Oh, yeah, and they are really highly thought of. Yeah, and and trust me, man. When mono price emails me like specials and stuff like that, I look at them every single time. They're one of the few companies that I'll actually open their emails and peruse through and see if it's see if there's anything they're worth following up on. And then I usually bit bucket it and go on. But at least because I know it's mono price, I actually. I actually kind of trust Monoprice, and I'll I'll, yeah. I'll look at what they have, you know, for sure. I looked at it really close. I looked yes. at it any cubic, uh huh. And I tell you what ended up selling me on the on the Creality CR10 series that was it has a really good size build volume. Mm-hmm. I knew that there was a couple potential issues coming into it. As in, I knew that the bed was probably going to have to have a sheet of glass put on it, yeah. and that it, it had its own idiosyncrasies. But what sold me on it was everybody that was having good experience was having phenomenal experience with it, and the 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 parts availability. So I, I just so it was a swing in my mind. It was a swing and not even necessarily a miss, more of a foul ball. Yeah, that, and that's fair. And, and when it's all said and done. I'll have a pretty good intimate knowledge of the printer. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. So I can work work with it. Uh-huh. And I, I think it's going to, I don't see a reason why it's not going to be okay. Yeah, in the yeah big I, I understand. I understand. But, but I'll tell you this. I think you've, I think you've swayed me a bit on the approach to the, to the final product because I don't, just listening to how the past three months have gone, mostly month and a half to two with active use on the printer and active work on the printer, is I, I I don't really know that everything that I'm hearing, I don't really know that you wouldn't have experienced any of that had you had like a maker bot. I still think you would have gone through varying degrees of what you've gone through to I some degree or another. Well, even even as simple as having to deal with the, the hot end leaking uh-huh. yeah that's something that any 3d printer is going to face if you you know there's there's it's it's almost in my mind it's almost like a paper jam in a physical printer something is going to happen somewhere along the way you're going to get some trash in it you're oh, something's yeah. going to happen yeah. and you're going to have to know how to address solidified plastic in that assembly yeah i get that so while it's frustrating while I really kind of wanted to get it out of the box and just start hit, you know, hit the ground, get over a little bit of a learning curve and, and just go get to printing. I, I haven't gotten there, but it, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be to my benefit. Okay. So well, in, yeah, anyway, very fair. And I, I want to print stuff for my Adam's family. Yeah. I've well, got this list of things. There's a, there's a, uh, uh, you don't have EWPC games, do you? No, uh, they're kind of known for like, where the ball comes into the out hole and it hit drops down into the the drain, uh-huh. they're kind of known for beating that area up. Yeah, and the way they actually kind of center the balls is the trough has a uh, a uh, bit cut out of it, the length of the trough to make like a runway the ball sets in. So what'll happen is is as the balls come out the go down into the out hole and they fall into the trough, since it's not solid, it's actually got a uh, a band out i don't know what to since it's got a bit of metal out of it to form that runway uh-huh. it'll actually fall down into that and start beating it beating a divot in it oh i see so that's kind of a wear point and i mean there's uh, 
I don't have it, but there's a guy that's already made a model. I assume it's a guy. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm assuming because we've all been to game shows. Yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah. We know so what we, the demographic is. Yeah, 99.9% not women. Yeah. yeah. There's a model for a for a, a shim that goes in there that protects. It's like it's like a cliffy, a 3D yeah, printed a 3D cliffy, cliffy for the ball trough. Yeah. I was like, that's cool. That's brilliant. Yes. It, I was like, that's the kind of stuff I want to get into squirreling being, being able to do. Yeah. So yeah, anyway. No. Well, I think you'll get there. Um, and it's on my short list. There, there's, there's no doubt about well, it. You've already I, told me what you're doing, which is you're waiting for me to figure it all out. Well, I wasn't going to say that again because because it feels right. it feels a bit cheap when I say it that way. But well, I've met you. But you know, you know how this stuff goes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I actually had a little bit of buyer's remorse when I framed it up that way last time because it's like I don't want Brent to think that I'm just sitting here riding on his shoulders because that's not the case. But it is interesting to see what he's doing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that, I mean, I think that's all right. And, and like I said, I think that this printer is going to be fine. Yeah. I've just, you know, I I knew that there was some oddities going to go going into it with this particular model and company. Yeah, and that's okay. And then, and then I had one little, at least one little extra curveball to deal with. Yeah. So well, the, the good thing about it is when you've got it all sorted, it'll probably be, it, in my mind, it would be a, a fairly souped up version of what you originally got to address you know, to address whatever you're finding with the mm-hmm. printer. And and like you say, if I order one, I, I, may, I may have a completely different experience with it. I, yeah. I, I don't know. But it, yeah. It's, well, the other thing with this one, too, being that it's kind of, and I'll say it again, made from basically off-the-shelf parts, mm-hmm. the control unit is, is, Ar, is Arduino-based. Now, I haven't gotten into it to understand exactly, but I'm sure if you pull it all apart, I know that like to flash the firmware, you you have to have you just download the Arduino development kit and you plug into the USB port on the side of it and write it. Okay. So I know somewhere in there, there's probably and given where it's made, yeah. I'm sure it's a bootleg. Yeah. That's a common thing. You can get <laughs> knock off Arduino boards all day, every day. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so, but it's Arduino based. So the there's aftermarket firmwares out there that do all kinds of cool whiz bang stuff. Yeah. You okay. just got so many options yeah. with it. And and I think that I think ultimately the 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 capability the open the open ended capability is what probably drives the the um the value prop for me at the end of the day. I think the maker something like a MakerBot is probably initially more turnkey feeling because you associate the the name and the marquee and the length of time in the industry with having sorted out all these issues yep. and these problems and yes I'm spending a lot more but I'm also buying their experience yes. so that I don't have these issues but I don't really know that uh, that that's 100% the case in this particular type of scenario mm-hmm. not not 100% Maybe sixty two percent, but not a hundred percent. That seems rather specific. Yeah, well, you know, we hey, we're not about we're not about approximations on this show. Okay. So anyway, let me circle all this back. So this is this that's one of the things I've been kind of diverting my attention to. That's kept me out of the game room, and, and that's part of my clearing the decks where my time has gone, my attention has gone to kind of I wanting wanting to stabilize that and knock out some other stuff. So I get this Tron out of my game room. Yeah. Now, in the middle of all this, when that Tron comes out, I've decided I've, that episode one pin I mentioned I've got, that's going in there. I'm going to shop it, and that's going to go out here in the game room. That's going to be the next game to add to the lineup. Oh, no, very and nice. I'm very thinking nice. right behind that, 
I, I keep rearranging. I have always done this. I'm sure you do. You've got this mental order of things you want to work on oh, to yes. introduce to the game room. Totally. And then that always gets jacked up. Oh, totally. I, I'm, I'm thinking that it's time to also do my Star Wars upright arcade game. Oh, fair enough. And then that way I could have them sitting side by side. Oh, what, now that would be nice. Now, let me ask you, though. I'm just kind of doing a quick survey here. What I mean, what what goes in order to get the Star Wars Episode One and a Star Wars Upright in here? What, what, do you, what, what do you would pull? end up what end up happening is is right here behind me where uh-huh. I've I've got these bo- I've got poles in the basement that support the uh, second story. Yeah, and then they're boxed and nice, you know, kind uh-huh. of. Yeah, I mean, I've I've got them in my game yeah. room as well. Yeah. So between them, there's enough room for two games, and right now there's a. Uh, or my ripoff, my star castle. Uh-huh. So what's going to end up happening is when all this kind of gets rearranged, those are, there's some space that's over around the corner in the game room. Yeah. The ripoff and star castle are going to go over there. Yeah. And that'll f- open this hole up. And that's where I'm going to slide the pin. Cause this is deep enough where I can put a pin and that pin's a little shorter. It, it is. Yeah. Yes, yes, it is. So it's a, a depth wise, uh-huh. not a height wise. Yeah. So that it, I can put right here, given the space, if you look behind these games, Whitney, they're not actually up against the wall. No, they're actually they're out, pulled, pulled back quite a bit. Yeah, they're out flush with the front of the pole. Uh-huh. So I could really actually side a, a standard couple pins in here, and they come out just fine with plenty of room to play them around these poles. Okay. So the, the episode one's going to go in one hole, and then the next hole is where the Star Wars is going to go. I see, I see. At least initially, yeah. so we'll see. We'll see what happens in two years yeah. <laughs> when I move everything around. Again. That's that's how this stuff goes, man. Yeah. yeah, no, no harm, no foul, dude. Now, that's that's the hobby. And lastly, to really bring it back to what we're here to talk about, I did actually have an opportunity to pick up some game related stuff too oh, and now, since the now, last show. Now, pray tell, sir Brent, what uh, what what were you able to throw in the back of the truck? Well, I visited a guy here in town that was. I got a question mark in here as behind these words, but in reality, it's true. He was, he's a lifelong game tech, Uh a little older gentleman. And he, he was in it starting back from the EM days. Oh oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. And he worked for one of the, uh, uh, operators that was here in town. Uh Okay. Uh huh. What I ended up bringing home was this really sweet jammer rig. Yeah. And then you've seen pictures of this thing. Yeah, it looks it, nice. It's a homemade deal, but whoever made it spent a lot of time on it. And it's it's made in uh, a good size cabinet from some other piece of equipment. So the thing is probably 24 inches by 9 or 10 inches deep by probably... 10 or 12 inches tall the front of it will open up to expose the inside of it it's imagine like a big metal bread box yeah okay yeah and then in that door is a joystick or two joysticks maybe two joysticks i think it's two two joysticks actually player one player two uh action buttons you know for each of the players a trackball uh, test button, all you know, all your so you'd have in a jam harness, what test and probably credit, and they're used for various things in different games. Yeah. Player start buttons, a couple of extra buttons. It's got a power supply in it. It base, basically you can set a monitor on top of it. There's a whip that comes out of it with your standard arcade monitor 
connect, you know, Molex connector, plug it into a monitor. It's got an isolation transformer in it, so you can power the monitor right from the box. It's got yeah. a, a power supply in it, and out the other side of it is a whip that's your JAMA harness. Yeah. So you can plug it right into it. You can turn the monitor on. You can turn on the power supply to turn the board on, and then you've got all the board controls right there in front of you. Yeah, it's nice. It's sweet. That's so, sweet. Uh, I got that. I got a, a factory midway universal tester and that's man, the name of it man dude the, the, i'm going to the tell you universal what. tester I, i'm going to tell you i'm just going to go ahead and throw this out here right now that is the money in this entire pool oh yeah it's it, really it, kind of cool as i'm reading through the list right here because you know something brent good radio is being the wingman for the other guy and i'm sitting over here looking at the list i already know everything that's coming at the list but i but i, I try my best to, that's what I, this is what i went for yeah yeah oh i did there's no doubt yeah. about it but i'm sitting here looking at it and i want to make sure that i want to make sure that, that that even though i've seen the list that that we keep it interesting you know because it's <laughs> because everybody else is kind of hanging on the words like well what did brick get and then if i just sit over here because i've read the list so I'm what you're say, saying is i should have saved this to the end no 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 <laughs> no no we got other stuff to go but but if i just sit here then everybody's like well isn't whitney impressed and it's like oh i'm really <laughs> impressed you know but i've already read the list you know so anyway I, you know all all radio secrets aside Yes, uh, I, I've I've read through the list, and when I saw this, I was like, <laughs> "That right there, this is, is pretty was, cool. Was worth the trip." So yes. this thing is a uh, now I say factory because the JAMA rig, even though it's really nice, it was it was hand built by I'm sure an operator yeah, at some yeah. point in time. Yeah, yeah, and they did a really nice job. But this was a factory part piece from Midway. Uh, and I, I've got Midway Bally in here because a lot of the games are from an era when it was Midway, and then down the corner of the marquee it would say a Bally company. But it's called the Universal Tester, so it's an it's a box. It's a quick about this like that JAMA box. It's this big metal box about an uh, oversized bread box. Yeah, dude, dude, it's Cold War ready. Is oh what yeah, it oh is. yeah. It looks yeah. it looks so like it's like on a Russian submarine, you know, <laughs> like it fell off a Russian yeah, it, it, dump yeah. truck or something. Yes, and it's got the series of uh, LEDs on the front of it, and it's got. Uh, a small joystick and buttons and all this fun stuff. So what you do is, I mean, this is a find, man. I mean, how often do how often do you come across this stuff? I, I mean, in it, researching not, it, not not you, but I'm just saying you as a you know quote unquote air quotes you as a collector. So I'm speaking to the audience. How often do you come across that kind of stuff? Like practically never. Well, so this, that's why this is such a this is a great find. Well, the, to we me, got, the, I got to get a picture of it. To me, this is kind of like. A, um, you know, on the video side, like an Atari cat box. Yes. Or yes. Uh-huh. on the, on the pinball side. And to me, I see these more often, but still not very often. What is the factory test rigs? Uh, the factory test rigs. Like That's I've right. got a, two of the Williams pinball test rigs for, I think one's a system seven through nine and one's a system, an earlier couple systems. They, they'll span a couple systems. It's a, the, the pinball ones, if you, anyone's ever seen them, it's kind of like this flat deck and it's got a backboard to it. Generally the Williams do, and there's a, a spot for all the boards in that system. So if you're work, you can bring a driver board. I'm assuming when you bought them, they come fully populated because you're only going to work on most likely a board. So someone brings you say a driver board in from the field, you pull the driver board out of the test rig, plug in the driver board you're working on. 
And then the front panel of the game has a switch for every switch that would be in the matrix, you know, and it's lined row and column and you could coin it. It's got a speaker and you could literally play the game on this panel because you could trip every switch and you can uh, then there's the flip side of it is is you got test lamps to test every driver and and you you could watch it all flash as it's an attractive that's how the pinball ones work well this is like for a video game so what this thing has in it is on that front panel it's got some controls it's got leds and you would get an, a kit associated with a game, okay? Yeah. So, like, I got a selection of kits with it, and just off, like, off the top of my head, I've got a few more, but I know there was a Gorf, there was a Domino Man, there was a Pac-Man. I saw Miss Pac in the picture. Uh, Miss Pac, which yeah. is the same as, as, Pac. as Pac for the yeah. most part. Yeah. Galaga, Burger Time, Lazarian, and Lazarian was a... Um, a game just before Domino Man. And okay. actually, like, if you look at my Domino Man, Lazarian was a flop. And it, there's a scratch in the side art on my Domino Man. I'm sorry about that. The sneeze. Well, yeah, I didn't mute you in time. Me. It's all right. Well, it's okay. But I, I reached over and I, I sneezed into my shirt because I didn't want to. I didn't want to sneeze blow on my gore. Yeah, I didn't want to sneeze on your gore for blow everybody out. So I apologize <laughs> for that. Podcast fail. Podcast fail. Podcast fail. If you ever see my Domino Man at a show, take a look at the side art. Yeah, there's a little scratch in the in the side art. I think I think it's on the right side, and there's a sticker underneath it, and you can see green. And it's a Lazarian. It's a Lazarian. They when Lazarian started to flop, they started taking the Lazarian cabinets and restickering them and making (laughs) Domino Mans out of them. It's like you see them at the factory. Like whoa, 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 hold up, boys, hold up, boys. (laughs) We're doing Domino Man today. <laughs> today we do Domino today Man. Today we do Domino Man. If you look at if you look at it like uh, sideways, yeah. like if you look along the plane of the side of the game, uh-huh. you could see a ridge under the sticker where the Domino Man sticker is just slightly larger than than the Lazarian oh, sticker. Oh, I, I see. Yeah. I see. And, and, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So you can see the ridge where the Domino Man sticker cover overlaps. It, it. it overlaps. It then falls. Yes, a little yep. bit. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. So you, what you do is, is you get these packs that are for these games, and in that pack is an overlay that fits over the face of this unit that then tell you what each of those LEDs will do when you're testing the game. Then you get a wiring harness that plugs into the side of this unit, and then you can plug the board set into the, into the test unit. Then there's an EEPROM, and this is what I haven't gotten into, it, so this thing isn't just direct, like a direct wire, like the JAMA rig type deal. Okay. 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 So you, then there's a little access door and you plug the EEPROM in that matches your game setup. And that has the, te- that has the test routine on it or what? I, I, now, what you can test, I don't know 100%. Okay. So I'm not sure if you're actually able to do like in-depth testing. Uh-huh. Or if basically what it's doing is there's a processor in this unit because you open the unit up and there's a CPU in it. There's like there's cards in it. So I'm yeah. assuming if I pull them out, there's a CPU card that then runs over to where this EEPROM is. And then I see there's a power supply card in okay. it, and an interface card and an amp because there's volume dials in it and all that fun stuff. So I think that the only thing that the EEPROM does is basically program the CPU to bridge the cable, the harness to the, and drive the LEDs that's on the front of the game and then interface that controls back into the game. Cause if you look at the list of games, like, like just the list of games that I spit out, the, the, 
hardware platform is vastly different. Gorf has got that weird card cage with those funky dot one pitch edge uh, uh, headers, kind of like a Bally pinball. And then Domino Man is an MCR game, which connects similar to Gorf in that it's got just these, it's not got an edge connector. It's got all these independent kind of uh, Molex header type connectors. Yeah. Then a Pac-Man's got an edge connector. Right, right. You know, and its power requirements are different. Yeah, totally and then different. When you get into Burger Time, that that gets you even further removed, and it's more like what we typically see with an edge connector and just a classic wiring harness. And you know, okay, here's up, down, left, right for your controls. So, and I haven't gotten into it. I just found the documentation on it today online because it's the guy I got it from said he couldn't find any doc on it. I happened to find a, a site in the note. It'll be in our show notes where there is EPROM images. There are um, uh, the documentation that comes with uh, uh, quite a few of the game packs there are some images of the overlays, yeah. so if you need some of those, and there's a scan of the of the manual. Yeah, so that's, that's cool. I haven't had an opportunity to even read it yet, but uh, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was like a gorf because a gorf is kind of a pain in the butt. If I wanted to sit down and put it on a bench, then I have to go dig out a bunch of dot one pitch headers or clip on for the power and the video. And whereas I take this unit. Once I get it up and running, I mean, honestly, it may just need to be cleaned. I haven't even plugged it in yet. Yeah. And it's done. Now, you know, I'm powering it. I got video. I'm doing everything. Now, I will say this, okay? Um, I haven't talked to you about this. So this is brand this is brand new right here. But when I was over in the UK on my last trip, they um, the guys over there have a serious need to do some testing on some Gorf board sets. Oh, dear Lord. So if you if you ever wanted to do a cottage business on test on and repair on Gorf boards, I can hook you up with like three customers right off the top of the bat that would probably supply you with no less than 15 sets oh, to, geez. To, to run through. Yes. So and, I, and, and I say that in all seriousness. Well, see, no, Gorf... No, no jest whatsoever. See, Gorf... Um, the the difficult thing with Gorf is is you've got that card cage. It's not like you can just lay it out on a bench and you've got access to everything. Mm-hmm. Now the the way you work around that is is there's a test ROM for the RAM. All right, the RAM cards are kind of in the back of the cage and they're a different form factor, so you can work through a RAM test. Mark Spath wrote one, and I think there's a few others out there. So there's a there's a test for that. The EEPROM board is pretty simple, and then there's the CPU board, and I want to say one other board. I'm trying to remember. And we're, what you can do with those is they don't – it doesn't matter, as I understand, where they are on the bus. So if you've got a mental picture of where you think your problem is, uh-huh. you can shuffle that card to the front where you've you got move, access move to it. Move it around a little bit. the yeah. front of the cage is open. Yeah. The thing that this brings to the table is – you can you just plug it in and you've powered it and it's hooked it to yeah, a monitor yeah. it's done yeah it's neat you know it shortcuts all that figuring out where your power is and <laughs> kind of dummying up a harness and yeah. clip leads and yeah i'm telling you man it's that that right there is worth its weight in gold I, I just went through that trying to trying to help a local collector out i don't know if i mentioned i was poking around at a at a millipede 
on the last show, I can't recall. And every time I would move it, I was just afraid I was going to pop a clip off and drag a five volt lead, you know, across the board. I just, yeah. uh, You know, they're clipped on there and nothing ever happens, but I always wonder, (laughs) you know, how how much, how many times can I poke at the badger before it bites me? Yeah. What's the sheer force on this as I move it? And, and, and what what happens when I exceed that? Yeah. So I I don't know. Maybe over, maybe over the winter, I I also got a 13 inch monitor with this, just an open frame arcade monitor. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe over the winter, I'll be able to get it out, get it blown out because it's pretty dusty Mm -hmm. and then fire it up and, and see, you know, Oh, it's dude. I, I'm, I'm telling. Kudos to you, man. That's quite the find. I'm bet. I'm betting that it probably is honestly just going to work. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that's a, that's sweet. I picked up a couple other things he had. Hashtag some, jelly. <laughs> I have to show it to you. We'll, we'll go out in the garage no, I, here. I, after. What, what I do want to do is get some pictures of it, and, okay. and then I want to post it, yeah, put it on Twitter or whatever, so that people can see what we're talking about. And, and I, I think that I think that would be neat because. It's just not something you come across every day. I I had n- not seen one. Yeah. And then w- when I was looking today for a picture, I went ahead and said, well, I wonder if the dock is out there because I hadn't had a chance to look yet. That's when I found the dock. But I did notice that I know there's a, a short thread about it on Clov or a couple of Clovers have picked up one over time. So okay. there's a few out there, but I had this is the first one I'd actually seen. And dude, you're starting a club, man. So that's, that's sweet. Well, I don't know if it's an exclusive club. I don't know if you want to be in the Brent Club, but it is a club. <laughs> Not a bad club, dude. Talk and and I picked up uh, an assortment of other things. So uh, here, I've, I've rambled on and on and on and on. Let me wrap this up. Uh, I did get uh, a couple hard drive cloning rigs. Uh-huh. I got I got one really nice desktop unit that'll do IDE and SCSI drives. And I got a portable unit that'll do just IDE only. And it fits in this little... You, you can tell... Uh, uh, either has technology moved forward and and things were able to be miniaturized when yeah. you look at this heavy desktop kind <laughs> of industrially kind of unit uh-huh. versus the small, compact, but yet maybe kind of a little overly delicate kind of unit. Uh-huh. But nonetheless, I, they, those interested me because it seems like hard drive games are passing through my hands and yeah. through the hands of my friends more often these days. Okay. And what I what I want to do is I, I've always wanted to sit down and play around with cloning. Uh, when I had my vapor, I wanted to do the vapor, but that's gone. I've still got my uh, Hydro Thunder uh-huh. and clone that to a compact flash drive. Yeah, compact flash is follows the IDE standard. Yeah. just the physical c- connectors different, mm-hmm. and I've already got the adapters, and that's that's a common thing. A lot of the eBay sellers, you can buy the hard drives. Because even though IDE is an old standard, there's a billion of them. There's you can boat, get them, loads of them everywhere. Yeah, oh yeah. You can either get a hard drive, or for a few more dollars, you can get uh, the same image for your hard drive game on a compact flash card uh-huh. and the adapter. I see. So that's just something I've always kind of wanted to squirrel around with, and you have to use the main tools if you're going to do it on a PC or unless you're going to go out and buy something commercial. Yeah. yeah. And I've messed around with it several, several episodes ago when I brought a golden tea back for my brother-in-law, the first thing I did was clone the drive and it was a task because honestly I was doing it with freeware stuff that was designed to make images for MAME Mm -hmm. and I was having to discover and work through manually partition size stuff and things that 
was specific to this game that it needed to make it work. Mm-hmm. Whereas with a tool like this, looking at some of the manuals, just while I had it on my truck, there's a, I push this button and it doesn't matter if that drive is bigger, it clones it exactly. And then just nixes the rest of the space. It auto partitions it. It just does it all. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I see myself actually playing with that stuff pretty quick. Yeah. Cause I, I think that would be a, a, an easy mountain to scale. Yeah. Nonetheless, so I got those. I, and this was a, you're making me buy this type deal. I don't need it, but I ended up with two huge storage tubs of monitor chassis. <laughs> huge he, tubs. So he just wanted them gone. Yeah. And yeah. one of them I thought was your standard like 16 gallon, which sounds big, but if you go out and you buy your average storage tub, they're like 16 to 18 gallon. Yeah. I thought it was one of those. No, it was like, Twice as deep. I kept. I went to pull it out, and it kept coming. And it kept, yeah, it kept coming. I see. So I've got more U two thousand and U five thousand twenty five inch Wells Gardner chassis than I could shake a stick at. I mean, I had well, them lined up from here to the house. Well, you know, here something? to the garage. I, I mean, I can't tell you what to do, but man, if you ever get some of the some of the you know the medium res games yep. with the larger with the the bigger twenty five inch monitors in them. Man, they, they may come in handy. Now, if you have 90 of them, I don't know that you're going to Honestly, 90. I think what I'm going to do is once everything calms down a little bit, I ended up, I laid them all out in the driveway and I had uh, a bunch of your, like, well, I don't know if this translates across the globe. I know we have listeners outside the United States, but oh, when yeah. I say banana box, do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yes. Those heavy cardboard boxes yes. that bananas come in and yep. fruit comes in. Uh-huh. I have a ton of those. And I use because they're consistent size. So uh-huh. I grab them. I've got an opportunity to get them. And I grab them. They're consistent size. They're heavy duty and they're easily stackable. So I laid everything out and sorted everything and then banana boxed them. And I've yeah. got a stack of banana boxes, probably five and a half, six foot tall, full of all these chassis sorted. Oh, wow. So I think I'm going to end up doing is here not too long. I've got some other stuff lying around that because of Facebook making it easier to sell mm-hmm. versus the kind of rigmarole you go through with eBay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm going to get those together with some other boards that I had long since marked for sale and just offer them on some of the Facebook groups. And Hey, look, here's six U 5,000 chassis untested go untested go. Yes. And just make it worth, make it worth somebody's while to, yeah. Somebody out there on one that kind of stuff. There's a buyer for everything. But I ended up with I ended up with a bunch of K seven thousand chassis, a couple forty nine hundreds, a couple geo sevens, and there was even a DMD for a pinball down in there. Oh man! So it looks nice. Now yeah. that doesn't mean it's going to work. Yeah, it's got ever so slight burn in, which tells me that uh, I know it's used, but I don't think it's used that much. Uh-huh. I, I haven't plugged it into a game yet. I got so you. So that. I'm I'm ninety percent. I'm going to come out with a working DMD. Huh. That's 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 a pretty good deal. Yeah, and, and just deal. some other odds and ends here and there, like in connectors for pole position board stacks and some miscellaneous like golden tea art. It was like here, take this and threw it in the box and you know, <laughs> stuff that I'll honestly I'll, stuff like that artwork. I'll end up taking to a show that you and I go to and we'll give it away at a speech or something. Yeah, you know, fair, a fair panel enough. or something. Yeah, but yeah. It's good fodder for that, no, no doubt. So there's my 3D printing podcast. 
<laughs> Somewhere in there is a pinball and arcade podcast. Oh I, know, I know. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna. Uh, um, I was gonna. I was gonna yank this show really off the rails. I don't know if I should do it now or after your. Uh, I tell you what, let me run through mine okay. real quick. Then I'm, then and, I'm gonna grab the wheel. I'm gonna throw us right in the and ditch. Then, then you know something that'll give me time. And I to think it'll be up. interesting. It, uh, it won't be a super. I got I got something. I'm gonna throw your way. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. My my updates are actually fairly fairly short. Um, I, I opened uh, opened one or two uh, Pandora's boxes with it that uh, that I haven't. You bought a three D printer? No, no, <laughs> not yet. No, not yet. Not yet. Kind of close though. All right. Uh, first thing is the that I do want to update folks on is um, I, I did. Uh, I've mentioned this several, several episodes back, but I did order uh, a total nuclear annihilation and my build number is number 261. And the interesting thing about that is uh, just as of this past week, I, I did get my uh, confirm options email from KT at, at Spooky uh, confirming that the, that the game goes on the line here within the next couple of weeks. So Ooh. it's time to, uh, get the shaker motor to them, the knocker kit motor to, or I'm sorry, the knocker kit to them, and and everything. Oh, so you've like got that. to send them those parts? Uh, yeah, you get them from Pinball Life, and oh, then okay. it, then it, you just direct ship straight to Spooky, and then they install at the factory for you. Is what they do? Huh? Yeah, yeah. So why well, don't they do so much with Pinball Life? I'm just surprised that you could just couldn't check a box and option the game yeah you you option you option the install and then they leave the purchase up to you is what you do so okay all right so i've already got it all in hand um just uh i'm gonna get it in, in the mail to them probably tomorrow and um Tomorrow for everybody, this is Wednesday. Tomorrow would be Thursday. So if as we're recording, so middle uh third third week of the month. So anyway, so that that's gonna go that's gonna go on up to uh up to the fine folks there in Benton and uh and be earmarked for my game. Um it's interesting because there there are a couple of pin side threads uh focused on TNA and people are reporting or responding back into threads that uh all the way up into the high 290s are being called for confirming their options. So that's a pretty wide range of me being down in the low 260s versus people in the mid to high 290s are, are being called. So what that tells me is that they, uh, they're getting ready to start uh, the build of a new batch because I think they build in batches of 50, if I'm not mistaken. So it sounds like, uh, it sounds like I'm, I'm on the front side of, of, a, of a brand new batch is, is what it looks like. So at this point, from everything I can tell, I'm going to estimate about two to three weeks for game completion and shipment. And I would say that the ETA uh, to my house is probably going to be mid to late September at this point. So I'm I'm thinking probably a solid three three weeks to maybe four weeks to my to my door. Um, if that does hold true, though, Brent, it's been interesting because it's been uh, literally nine months, almost to the week, from order to delivery on this game. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we're not birthing babies. We're, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're getting I mean, TNAs. So. You knew, you know what you're getting, and you knew There's what you no were getting into it. with it, and yes. you know you're going to get the game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just it's just an interesting. It's an interesting perspective because the time has gone fairly quickly. It doesn't feel like it's been nine months, but then when I go back and look at the paperwork, it's been it's been ever been so nine months. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna actually repeat Charlie's words. And say, I know pinball is hard. It is. It has to be. But nine months seems, 
And you're just what number did you say you are? I'm, I'm number two sixty one. To be two hundred and sixty one games. Uh huh. But they've also done. Th- this was. I don't know. Maybe this is the wrong way to say this. Was this, this was an unexpected success because they already had. Um, they Al- were Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. They already had that. They run had in. that running. Yeah. That this that has started in this process. Yeah. And what were they finishing up? Just Rob before? Zombie. Rob Zombie. Yes. So yes. I, I okay that I could I could see that I mean yeah yeah I I, I can so yeah. it, it's it, it it's great in the fact that it's been a success for them and I'm I'm so happy that it has because hopefully that means that we get at some point in time Denise game number two yeah that would be awesome to see that and uh, and more games from from Spooky so mm-hmm. uh, yeah so like I say you definitely know what you're getting into you just have to be willing to buckle up and go along for the ride but Brent I will say this. I mean, I'm seeing very nice high res pictures of the games on Pinside, and and dude, it's just, I mean, it's beautiful. It's just, it's just. Well, you've seen them in person. Beautiful. Oh, I know, it, but it's still just absolutely beautiful when, when you when you see the pictures. You're stalking and other people's games. Oh online. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I stalk with with uh, I stalk with one finger in in an F5 key is what I do. Just I take those threads and I just, more, I just refresh. More. Here's your more. That's right. The build numbers are out there. Yes, exactly. What, what, what's the new one today? But it's um. It's one of those scenarios, Brent, where uh, in true Whitney fashion, I'm not going to leave well enough alone because I've already decided that uh, as soon as the game's delivered, I'm going to yank the legs and the armor and the hinges and all that stuff. And <laughs> I'm going to send all that down to uh, to friend of the show, Chris Royalty, uh, pinball plating down in Tennessee. He does, He's done some powder coat work for me in the past. And I've got a picture here in the show notes and I'll, I'll put it, uh, I'm sorry, in, in our show notes, I'll put it on the blog post for the website. But he has got a process for a black, um, black in color, and it's a texture that he calls mini text. And Brent, I, I know not everybody can see this, but if you go look at the show notes, when as soon as the show drops and you're listening to this, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It, it, I've got a picture of a raised letter Gottlieb coin door, amongst others, that he powder coated for me in this mini text uh, texture. And Brent, if you blow that up, you'll see that it, it's got just ever, ever, ever so slightly, so slight of a grain to it. So just, this is a texture, not like it's not like a a, a classic coin door texture. No, it's no. much much more fine. It's fine, but it's okay. grainy at the at the. It, it's a finer grain. Okay. okay? So if you it's ta- not that crinkle like no, it's a it's an extremely fine version of of the crinkle almost to the point to where it feels like a sand grain okay not a crinkle grain okay so if you think of if if you if anybody if anybody out there listening if you've got access to a a newer stern machine walk over to your stern machine and run your hand down the down one of the legs okay and you know how they're this 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 is a family oriented show it is a family oriented show and i'm going to stop right there Okay. okay But that texture of the leg, this is a much finer texture than that. Okay, and it, and I'm telling you, Brent, it looks absolutely so fantastic. I'm not saying it doesn't look good because I like it on the coin door you've got here. Yeah, because yeah. in my mind, it, it, that it fits. That's what a coin door looks like. It's a matte, yes, kind of texture, yes, fit textured finish. Uh huh. Uh huh. But if I was gonna I don't know if I was going to go all out on a machine. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would have thought you might have gone more with a gloss. I don't want to do that. 
I, I really don't because I, and I've thought about that. I've thought about a gloss or a satin or even, or just, even a satin. Or even just a gloss a might be too much. Yeah, gloss satin. might be too much. A satin might be good. But Brent, ultimately what this is going to come out like is the lockdown bar, the, the same texture as the lockdown bar on your Ghostbusters or on your CSI, just add a finer grain. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Yep. And so that that's that's what I'm actually going after. So so I'm I'm already I'm already getting that inside. Um, in, in, I'm already getting that spun up so so that I can get that going and, and get all this uh, all this stuff done relatively quickly after the game comes in. And, and the thing about it is, is I've asked myself, it's like, why am I doing this? And number one, I don't like Chrome. Okay, I, I can't I cannot stand Chrome. You know, my cousin told me a saying. He's like, you know what, Whitney, Chrome won't get you home. And, and I've heard. <laughs> that 150 times and it's like this much is true chrome will not get you home but i just do you need to, i know what that's in reference to do you think yeah. you need to explain that yeah it's it's in yeah it's in reference to uh, at least as it's as it's told to me by my cousins and my family and everybody else, it's in reference to people who take pickup trucks and just completely, uh, completely pimp out or trick a trick out pickup trucks and all of this chrome and all of these mods and everything like that. But the truck won't run. The truck breaks down. Yeah, and, and it has no brakes. It has no brakes. And they they take it. They take an eight hundred dollar truck and they put. Five thousand dollars worth of chrome on the truck, mm-hmm. but they didn't address the root cause of the of the issue, which is it's an eight hundred dollar truck that has that has all the problems it's ever had, if not more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's here. That it was the same concept, except it was street cars. Street cars. There you, you go. Know. Yeah, exactly. It lo- it it looks good. Yep, but, but I wouldn't it, ride in it. I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 uh, it won't start. Yeah, <laughs> it won't start and it won't stop. You had, you know, you had to wipe those. your fingerprints off the chrome. Yeah, the fingerprints being from when you pushed it to where it is right now. That's exactly yes. right. That's exactly yeah. So chrome right. won't get you home. Chrome yes. will not give. Chrome won't get you home. But all that being said, so it's got a chrome you know, lockdown you know bar, dude, dude. Killer episode title right there okay chrome, chrome won't get you home chrome, i'll put that yeah, in there so yeah, yeah, throw i don't that up top. i don't remember it does have a chrome chrome lockdown, lockdown bar chrome down bar legs. Chrome, uh chrome lockdown bar chrome hinges chrome armor and then it has like a um almost like an olive green like a really dark olive green uh color legs almost uh almost dark gray it's something somewhere between dark olive green and gray legs now that i mean nothing no no pick on that i mean yeah. it's, it's fine as it is but 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 whitney's gonna kick it up a notch you know so i, I just want it all uniform all black and that's that that's how i'm gonna go for it so so there is that so um hopefully by next month's show i've got i've got something uh, very positive on that um Brent, much much like your score, uh, I was able to I was able to trip across a couple of things uh, over this past month. Well, actually, it was a couple months ago, but um, I've, I've been I've been kind of kind of swapping stuff in and out and, and doing doing a little bit of buying and selling and everything. But I did come across um, a Fluke ninety ten with uh, a bunch of pods, and I have uh, since sold off the pods that I do not that I did not want. And um, the the ninety ten as well, and and I, I was telling you before the show, it was it was not in the best of shape. But so, and you've talked about a ninety ten a before. And yes. for those that may be new to the show, haven't used that, 
one or seen one, it's a piece of test equipment from Fluke. And mm-hmm. what it basically can do is walk. It, it stands in place of your processor. So that's why you've yes. got the pods. That's right. There's a pod per processor type. Yep. You plug the pod into the 9010A. You uh-huh. plug the uh, other ribbon cable off the pod into the board into in the place board. of the processor. Yep. And then the fluke becomes the processor. That's so right. And it exercises the board. It exercises the board. If the yeah. board is fully functional, I'm pretty sure you can run the game, in the because we're talking about games here, mm-hmm. you could run the game with the fluke as the processor. That's right. And step through all the code. And step, well, I mean, you can flat out run and just let it run. Exactly. Or you could, there's tests within the fluke. You can step the code and there's mm-hmm. tests in the fluke where you can read ROM and then you you know, we've got all the ROM data, so you could compare, okay, I've got good reads. You right, could have it right. test the data buses. You could have it test RAM. You could yeah. have it... So you could walk all the aspects of the, air quotes, computer. Yes. And it helps you in troubleshooting. So, yeah, that's it, what you're talking about. It, exactly. And and these have gotten... These have gotten... I, I don't... Man, I don't even really know any other way to say it other than... They've gotten stupid expensive. Yeah. Okay? And that's just... That's just well, they've the, always the been a little pricey. They've always been a little pricey, but uh, but Brent, the pods are what have gotten sky absolute high over the past couple two to three years. I, I I mean, Brent, I have I have literally watched Z80 pods go for right at a thousand dollars. Oh, geez. Now, now did you? Did, I've seen that on cloth. I've seen that happen on eBay. I've seen it both places. You, you talked about on the on the show where you. Where you discussed getting your original ninety ten A, and I got it a while back. A, a someone that was making a, a nine or uh, an Z eighty pod like PCB. Yeah, and- yeah. yeah. There, now there is a um, yes, good good point, good way to tie that together. There is a a, a person on Clove who did make a do it yourself kit. You you assemble yourself a Z a Z eighty pod kit for the Fluke ninety ten. For the Fluke 9000 series, the 9010A is what everybody's concerned about. So that was that was a one hundred dollar kit, kind of kind of DIY, and um, and that's an option if you did not have access to uh, a Z a, a a real Fluke Z80 pod or did not want to pay a thousand dollars for a Fluke Z80 pod. Either either way, I probably need to go and see if those are still available and at least buy one. I've already got you one, bro. Do you? I sure do. <laughs> Yes. Well, that's awful nice of you. Yep. Because you know what I did? What? I bought two. Oh. And I've been holding on to the other one, and it's yours. Oh, so sweet. I got you taken care of on that. Well, okay. you know, I'll, I'll mention this. Whitney and I were just actually chatting about this before, because he, he looked at me like, really? I, I hadn't really expressed interest in one, but as of late, because of an, exper- a, an experience I've had, I mentioned my sudden series of board board repair failures that yeah. started with that that pole position I had to give up on earlier yeah. in the year, yep, yep. I've decided to actually start looking for a 9010A. Yeah. So if any of our listeners out there have, you know, two or three of them sitting around. if And, and that's very possible. You know, if you get out of bed and every morning you go, <laughs> you trip over oh one. my, I've got to get rid. Right. I just tripped over this thing. It hurts my, I've got to get <laughs> rid of this. How does that go again? There you oh go. my yeah. gosh. They, they do hurt. Oh, man. my big toe. Yeah. I just kicked this 9010A. If yeah. that's you. Yeah. Hit me up, Brent at brokentoken.com <laughs> and do that. Yeah, fair, fair enough. But don't don't worry about the Z80 pod because um, because I, I I was able to pick up one of the kits. Or I'm sorry, I was able to pick up two of the kits, and I fully well planned on 
just holding on to the second one for whatever. But if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna pursue getting a nine yeah, ten a, then don't worry about it. I, I've got that. I've got one of those DIY kits ready to go that, for you. That's what in in kind of st- setting back, thinking about the pole position and some other stuff I've worked on. And there's actually when we get into the tech section, I'm going to talk about a, a, a another tool, some a logic comparator because I've got a couple of those, and we'll talk about that and what's out there, and just kind of bring everybody up to speed on those. That uh, a 9010A is something I should have added to my arsenal long ago, and uh, but it's hard. To, I, but you know, it's that's just it. You know, I should have. I should have. Started looking long ago. Honestly. Yeah. Well, that being said, it, they are they are getting harder and harder to come by at a reasonable price point, and everything about them just tends to get more and more expensive. But w- what I did is I was able to stumble across um, a stash of this. Okay, and I sold off what I did not need, and I, I've I was able to. Um, able to take a couple of the spare manuals and stuff like that and, and get them redistributed. Uh, and the, the fortunate thing is, is Brent, I've, I am so, so close to coming at even money on it to where my Z 80 pod and then my 6,800 pod are essentially a wash. Mm-hmm. And that is what I was actually after. Now it's taken me a few months to do it, but this is almost like a miniaturized Whitney version of what you were doing with the games last year. Oh, yeah. Yep. You, know, you, you buy the lot, you go in big on the lot, and then little by little, you peel it all right back. Yep. And, then, and then at the end of it, you've got what you want at the least money invested possible. I mean, dude, and I'm, it, I'm almost there on those and a, a dollar that, that is a love of the hobby thing, because from a dollar perspective, yeah, definitely. generally what works out is, is it's a wash. Uh-huh. And it's either a hard dollar washes and you're dead even, you got stuff out of it. Yeah. But you're being, pay, you're paying yourself basically is what I'm saying indirectly for the effort. And that's, you go into it knowing there's going to be an effort. There's, there's definitely going to be an effort. But you improve your collection or your tool set. Oh, I, but I was more than willing to do it. And I knew that it's the long game because you just can't take that stuff and just flip it like like nearly immediately it it takes it it takes a while to sell it you got to find somebody you know x y or z that's that's looking for this that or the other but uh but ultimately um i didn't want to pay a thousand dollars for a z no i let's put it this way i was not Not going going to pay a thousand dollars for a z80 pod so i just i got lucky and stumbled across this and have been able to unload the other three quarters of it so far it it i it, I, I am i'm almost at even money almost so and you know what and if i don't get to even money i've got so little invested in the pot you're fine in the you're, you're pods ahead. and the yeah. 6800 right. pods I, i'm good I, I i could walk away from it now and be totally satisfied so so there's that um and the other uh, the other thing here before we get into the tech section is I just wanted to follow up on the topic of the Retron 77 from Hyperkin. So I, I did order one of those and uh, got it in, but I did not have time to do any type of uh, any type of work with it last month. And I did get a few hours to get it unpackaged and um, and hooked up to my 32 inch uh, Sony Trinitron TV down in Grace's game room. And so she asked me, she goes, Daddy, what is that? And I'm, I'm like, well, it's a new version of something really old. And I plugged in River Raid and showed her. And she goes, 
Teddy bear looks so lame. And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> you, no, I'm you like, didn't already heresy, have heresy. You, know? you didn't already have a 2600 up there. Oh yeah, but but this, that looks this, so lame. This was new. She she was talking about the game, you know, right? And she's comparing it to to playing Splatoon on her Switch, you know. Yeah. And so I get it, but it was just kind of funny. I, I mean, I I just laughed out loud because. Here I am sitting there with River Raid, and I think I'm on top of the world with River Raid, you know? Well, actually, no, Brent, I don't think. I know. I'm on top of the world with River Raid, <laughs> playing River Raid. My, and- my niece told me a story recently, because long-time listeners of the show will remember, uh, I, I mentioned that I had given her my original Game Boy. So okay. yeah, she isn't like Grace, and Grace has played a lot of modern games. Yeah, Grace has played. Grace has played a lot of Wii and Switch. Emma That's never where she's coming from. Emma never did that. Yeah, she she wasn't uh, an iPad type. Now my nephew Logan, he, he'll play the modern games. He's got his Playstations or whatever. It, that never was Emma's thing. Yeah, she went right to the classic type games when she started doing that stuff. Yeah. And she told me a story not too long ago. She was together with a bunch of her friends, probably her theater friends. And they, you know, somebody had a, an iPhone and was pitting around in a game. Somebody had a tablet and was doing something. And she whipped out an original Game Boy and they all stopped. Awesome. And they were like, what is that? That is so yeah. awesome. Now they were kind of excited about it, yeah. but it was the different reaction. Well, and it, they're about the same age, Grace and, and Emma. Yeah. Well, and one thing I do want to say, and, and, I, and I, I will give props to friend of the show, Vic Marland, because I've heard of him. Yes. Yes. So our, our good buddy, Vic from the 10 pence arcade podcast, you, you know what he got grace on the, on the, on our first trip over to, uh, to London. No, he, he got grace. He gave her a Game Boy. Oh, wow. He did. Oh, that's cool. Like, and, like a first-gen Game Boy? Uh, no, it's one of the Game Boy... I think it's a Game Boy Advance, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, those, yeah, those yeah. are still cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought and, about uh, actually no, getting no, one no, of those. No, 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 no. I'm Game sorry. Boy Color? It's a Game Boy Color. Okay. It's a, it's a yellow Game Boy Color, okay? So, I just I had to think through the models in my head now, which for a one was, was it original monochrome Game Boy, then a Color, then an Advance, or I, I, Advance I think and a Color? I, uh, no, I... Th- uh, I don't know. I'd have to go look at Wikipedia, but it, I think the color was the second. Run. Yeah, it, it's a it's one of the Pokemon Yellow Game Boy colors Gosh, is what he got. I'm actually going to look and, up Game Boy. And, and you know something? And, and Vic, if you're listening, Grace plays it, and she really digs that Game Boy. And so, um, all things being equal, though, she's not too down on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred because <laughs> it's just—I think it's just a little bit of a bridge too far for her at this point. But uh, anyway, all that being said, back to the Hyperkin. Um, you know something, Brent? I, I'll tell you, I—I I, I got to spend a little time with it. Um, the Game Boy family, according to Wikipedia, which we all know is correct. Yes, uh, the Game Boy, the Game Boy Color. Then the Game Boy Advanced, Advanced SP, Game Boy Micro. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Okay, so it was Game Boy, Game Boy Color, then Game Which Boy Which is Advanced. cool because then the Game Boy Color will play, I'm remembering now, will play Game Boy Monochrome totally, games. Totally, yeah, 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 it plays them just yeah. fine, yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, so Vic got her a Game Boy Color, and she she does. She plays Tetris on it, and she she really digs that, but... But like I was saying, when she uh, when she saw me uh, when she saw me sitting there playing with the Hyperkin, she 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 took one look at the at the TV and just she was like, "Nah, Daddy, that's just 
it's a little bit lame for me. And I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's teach, all, it, teach his own, teach his own baby. It's, it's all good. I should have raised you better. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know something, <laughs> the good thing about it is she sit right down there and watch me play. Okay. You all know, right. so, so I'll give her that, you know, she was just giving me running. She was just giving me color commentary <laughs> on what she thought. She, the, she the, mystery the science like. theater 3000. Yes, you? exactly. She did you know every what? single bit of that. If it wasn't that our plates were so full already. Yeah. It would be hilarious. Wouldn't that be so much fun? If you just put a camera behind you all. Yes. And put a mic on her. Uh-huh. And just, let her, you, and just let her and talk. And just let her go on. Just let her go. Just right here. Yes. Just every you single one of them. You the entire catalog. Oh, man. And, and you want to know, what it, the Activision games would actually fare really well. It's the stuff like Circus Atari and Skydiver and Combat oh, yeah. That, yeah. that would just literally... Night Driving. Night Driver and all that stuff yeah. that would just... Uh, she She would probably just skewer we might actually be able to do really well on a monetized youtube channel if you and i played games and we had grace and emma comment do commentary oh, oh yes oh, oh my god I'm, I'm telling you it it actually has some legs to it <laughs> it has some legs because i'm sitting i'm gonna over there i'm gonna edit all this from the show yeah fair enough because because <laughs> so no one knows about this idea no one knows about the idea so i'm sitting there playing with the hyperkin and you know what the joysticks the joystick's not bad it's got a left or right but left or right hand fire button the joystick feels a little plasticky to me it, it, see it, now i was wondering what you were going to say about that because yeah. scott at retro gaming roundup uh-huh. just did a review on this as well okay and he broke the joystick almost instantly. Well, I have one of the early joysticks as well, and I knew that going into it. And Hyperkin is supposed to replace those joysticks with a beefed up version. Now, I've not heard that particular episode yet, but I did watch the I did watch two other reviews, one of them from Metal Jesus Rocks and then the other one from like the immortal John Hancock, I think was that other guy's name other youtubers name and both of them mentioned the weakness of the joystick so mm-hmm. i didn't I, I didn't hammer on mine hard because i knew that i got one of the i knew i got one of the very first run uh units and i know my i just know i can tell by the way it feels my joystick is not it, it wouldn't not last very stout. Very no not very stout at all let's put it this way it looks 10 times better than it is Okay. Oh, yeah. It's a DeLorean. It's it's definitely a DeLorean gotcha. when, it com- when it comes to that. But the um the, the Hyperkin itself, the Retron seventy seven, it, it's it's a good device. Um, I, I'm very happy with the utility of it. It has a few it has a few UI nuances uh, that I'm not really too crazy about, but I'll talk about how those are solved here in a second. The one thing I have not done is hooked it up to my uh, Samsung HD TV that we've got down in our console room, which is what Grace plays her Switch and, and, her, and her Wii U and stuff on. It, and that's all 16 by 9 native aspect ratio. And so I haven't seen how the Hyperkin handles that. Now, friend of the show, uh, Jim Hale, sent me some pictures of his Hyperkin hooked up to a... 16 by 9 TV and it didn't look that pretty. <laughs> so, it didn't look that good. Did it just stretch everything out? Yeah. And, and, and Jim, to his credit, he ran through all the settings and I don't think he found anything that was, I, Jim, I don't want to speak for you. I'm just, I'm just commenting on what I saw uh, and, and uh, based upon, based upon your, your comments. And I, I think your, um, your view on it there is that it wasn't satisfactory. And so I'm not sure how how that's going to be addressed over the long haul, if, if that's going to, if anything, there's going to be fixed. But... Um, so, I mean, most of your 16 by 9 TVs, you can go into the menu and there's aspect ratio setting. You can just 
you can yeah switch you, it you can, you can you jail can, bars on the can, side you can jail bar it that's exactly right yeah and so i've got to run through all that on my tv and and i, I will because i i, I want to do i mean curiosity killed the cat and so that's kind of the the uh the situation that i'm in i just want to see how how the hyperkin responds to all that but um you know all that being said if they get the controller sorted out i mean it's a nice looking controller it just needs to be beefed up and then if they man dude if they could get the ui just fixed because it's not a pretty ui at all okay it it, it allows for a very limited number of roms on the sd card um it, it is running a customized version so of this stella. screenshot in here is actually the ui no 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 the screenshot that i've got in the, the show notes stella is stella okay from the what's called the community build image that takes that addresses so many of the hyperkin's current shortcomings from hyperkin i'm sorry retron the retron 77 shortcomings from the image as supplied by hyper well that to me that is since it's already been hacked let's just oh, it's, say, it's, it's great the my feeling on that is is hyperkin said okay we're going to do this we're going to license this, that, and the other thing. This oh, they, is what they we're made it build. open. They made it open on and purpose. And that then, then there's a lot of doors there that yes. are easily opened. Yes, and I, so that when it gets in the hands of collectors and hobbyists, they can they can do whatever with. They it. can yeah. do whatever with. They can break it down like a. It's shotgun like the wink, wink, nudge, it. nudge. Here it is. Here it is. Yeah. That's exactly right. So so there um, there is already what's called the community build image, and I'll have a link to the thread on AtariAge.com where you can go and download the community build image. They have all the instructions for getting it flashed over onto your Retron 77. It upgrades the version of Stella. It unlocks um, additional ROMs that are supported. And it uh, it takes care of a lot of the UI nuances, like having to power cycle the, the, the unit between games and, and things like that. So all that being said, uh, it's, it, it's definitely... Um, it's definitely a good device that's got some legs to it, Brent. I think it could stand some polish, but it's got it's got legs. Okay, mm-hmm. I'll say I'll say that. Yeah. So, uh, so realistically, in my, Brent, in all my detetrising and retetrising yeah. of the garage, I uh, well, it's not that I pulled out and knew where it was. It was mildly buried, but within reach. The box that I had from my old house before I moved that had my. Uh, twenty six seventy eight hundred in it. Oh, because I'm nice. like twenty six seventy eight and fifty two. Okay, yeah, no. yeah. My seventy eight hundred that I had in my living room, okay. off to the side. You still got that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah cool. And I thought, man, I should go hook this up. Oh and yeah, I, just, I, I, I don't know. It's sitting out there now. I may, maybe I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's that's cool. That's cool. I never had a fifty two hundred or seventy eight hundred. If I were to do anything with either one of those, I'd get a seventy eight hundred. Do, do you have long. any now? No, I do. I do not have a fifty-two or a seventy-eight. I've got several fifty-twos, and uh, I know at least two seventy-eights. If you want to sell one of those seventy-eights, let me know. We'll, we'll talk about it. So I have to go. I have to go digging. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. I, I have been wanting to get a seventy-eight because I've gotten some cartridges in some bulk buys and things like that, and I would just, quite honestly, I just like to have a seventy-eight hundred. You know, that's. Mm-hmm. I don't really have any interest in the 52, but I, I would like to have the 52 is cool, but it's, it's, all, it's, it, that's a whole it, other it's, conversation. It's, it's, it's yeah. its own yeah. beast. You know, I, I, I just want the 7,800 because of, 
the, the games are higher quality and it's backwards compatible with the 26 and that, that's why so. i had one set up in in my front room because i could play the 7800 games and any 2600 games basically Bingo. yeah so. that's the, and that's where i'm at so I'll say this, Brent. I didn't really. I mean, I look back on the month. I didn't really accomplish much of anything arcade wise. Um, I, I mean, I was able to get some time to fetter around with some stuff, but um, it, it, not not really much. It, it actually kind of a poor showing of a month for me, to be quite honest with you. But you know, something. It's okay. It, it, we were back to school this month uh, with Grace and. Um, you know, work, travel, and everything like that. And you know what, man? I mean, life, uh, li- life comes first, and you gotta, you gotta square all that stuff away. So, uh, but like you, I've got a running list of projects, and uh, hopefully this next month I'll be able to get to some more of them. So, anyway, it's all good. All right, so I want to grab, grab the wheel of this car and run us right off into the ditch. So this is gaming related, and you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. I just want to throw something out there. And for everybody listening, we got a lot more to come. I'm, I'm scrolling through the show notes right now and I'm looking at, uh, we're going to talk about logic comparators, which is something you can use on arcade and pinball re- repair. Uh, Whitney's going to spend a lot of my money. Uh, I see a couple things in here that interest. Oh, one me. of them's pricey. Yeah. I, I mean, go. seriously, man, pricey. Dear God, don't scare me. Yeah, but it's, I mean, is it cool? Yeah, it's, it's cool. cool. But it's pricey. Yeah. Uh, I think I just saw what you're talking about. And that might, I might scratch off that list of things that really interested me. Yeah. It, uh, we're going to talk. Brent, it's pricey. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to talk about Deadpool and the pinball, a uh, new, new pinball for Stern. So we, we've got all this coming up. Uh, I see something to do with the 3D printer down here. Okay. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. In us and, in the and show, Brent, Brent. We got a lot of feedback this month, and oh wow. And even when you put the call out uh, for listeners who might be running dehumidifiers in their room, mm-hmm. in their game room, we actually had somebody a YouTube a YouTube channel record a video response to your question. Oh wow. Yes. Where did that come? Where did I? How did I not see that? It, it, it was it was buried in one of the comments. In one of the Facebook page posts. Oh, was you, it? You, you literally had to expand, expand, and see it. But I, my, I, I, but I've already got it. So my Facebook, admittedly, has been really my Facebook foo. Yeah, you know, because you got your kung fu, you got your Google foo, and you got your Facebook foo and shack foo. Don't and forget shack that. Foo. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. duh. Don't that goes that. without saying. Yes. Uh, so of the four foos, my my Google foo or my Facebook foo has really suffered. <laughs> Whitney has cracked himself up. He's he's snorting and he's about ready. To, he's actually crying. I'm sorry. He's cry. He's teared up. The four foos. The four okay. foos. All right. I'm going to remember that. That's is like, it the four foo groups? Is that what it is? It's like is it like that? Sort of. Okay. Can Plus, we build? Can we build a little a little pyramid? The foo pyramid. Yeah, but can Shaq goes at the top. Always at the top. Sha- yeah. Shaq's at the top. Yes. Oh, that might be a show title too. The four shack, the the four foos. No, that that might that might get some eyes for a. Uh oh, this might be an explicit tag. Yeah, we, yeah. I, I'll tell you what. Noble thought. Eh, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So yeah, my I apologize. My my Facebook uh, has been. I, I just haven't been out there on it yeah. a whole lot. No, it's, it's and even good, my man. podcast listening. I'm going to be honest. Um. It shifted. I, I, let me let me mention that real quick because this is this is kind of this is weird. This you want to talk about a weird weird circle? Have I mentioned? I know I think I know I have to you Whitney. I don't think I've mentioned on the show some of the new podcasts I've listened to, specifically one relating to Walt Disney World. 
Yes, you did mention that to me as well as the Star Trek okay. podcast as well. So one of the shows I've started the listening, next conversation. I think Star it Trek was. the next conversation. Yeah. It's, if you're a TNG fan, uh-huh. uh huh. It it'll have an explicit tag on it. Yeah. But check out Star Trek the next conversation. Yeah. It it's worth it. Anyway, one of the things I started listening to, one of the shows I started listening to, going back to running down to SFGE, I was just looking for something that was different. Mm-hmm. And I picked up a show on Walt Disney World, and it was a retro show. It's the Retro Walt Disney World podcast. And a lot of the the stuff it covers are things that I remember from family trips to Florida. A couple generations of my family moved to Florida after they retired. I, I spent several years of my youth summers in Florida, and I was fortunate enough to be able to visit Walt Disney World quite often. And the they're dealing with retro topics and a lot of the stuff they deal with, things that are near and dear to people from Walt Disney World are from that time frame, from the eighties, or they're they survive from the original uh, opening day of the park in the early seventies and carried through kind of almost unmolested through that time frame so almost all this stuff it just really hit home so it was cool anyway they had an interview on with a lady she had she was a singer and she'd recorded an album covering some disney tunes and her name is tammy tucky if that name sounds familiar is is that todd tucky's daughter it is it's Todd Tucky's daughter of that TNT is Amusement. Unbelie- really? Yeah. The circle comes home. It, it was, How about that? I couldn't. So she's actually. You saw got, my face over there. Yeah. As yeah. Soon as you said, I'm like. It's Todd Tucky's daughter. That's Todd Tucky's daughter. And she had mentioned, I, I didn't put it together. She'd mentioned on the inter- when she was interviewed on the Retro Walt Disney World podcast, she'd mentioned to one of the guys, oh, you like my dad because of all the pinball machines. And I went, that's Todd Tucky's daughter. Yes. Sure enough, it is. How about that? And so she's got her own show. She does. Oh, the, she does? She does the, um, I, I have to look it up. It's the uh, Tierra. I have to look it up. I'll get it here in a second. But it's she's a big Walt Disney fan, and she interviews cast members. Her, her show's real short format, like 15-minute uh, you were in this show and tell us about that and and outro and done. And, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a yeah. good show, but it she she's got several episodes and there are more. There, uh, like I said, it's a short time f- format. But it was just kind of interesting how it all came full circle back to the gaming community. But the Tierra Talk podcast, I think, is what it is. I, I'll I'll look her back. Okay, up. gotcha. So anyway, 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 here's where I want to pull this thing off the rails. Whitney, I asked you. There would be some listeners that will probably know what I'm talking about. And I, I know I can see the Jim Hales of the world and uh, the Jonathan Wilds of the world just just set, just going, oh, okay, this sounds cool. Have you seen Star Trek Bridge Crew, the new modern 3D immersive game? I, I, I only have the benefit of you showing this to me before we started recording, maybe what, a week ago or something like that. And I had to go look at it. You know, I've got a rolling WhatsApp chat. Yeah. And you sent it to me in WhatsApp and I went and looked at it and my jaw about hit the floor because it's like, this would be really awesome if number one, A, I had no, I, I, I had no responsibilities. Number two, 
I had unlimited time to dedicate to it. And number three, I didn't have to go eat because <laughs> because once I solve number one, number two, I don't even want to go eat. It's phenomenal. I just want to play the game. Yeah. I mean, oh, it looks phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So you get to be the bridge crew on the Enterprise. And there's DLC where you can download the... And, and as I'm a Star Trek fan, but I, I don't know it to the level of Enterprise, A, B, C, and D, and how they all inter, interspersed. But the, the Next Generation was a D, I think. Was that... Enterprise... Uh, I thought it was D. I think it is D, yes. Well, you can, you yes. can, you can do the whole Picard thing and... Uh, play a flute in a Jeffrey's tube, all your heart's content and be Picard on the D just in the, in the, in the next gen universe. Yeah. I mean, it is an awesome looking game. So, you know, you do the 3d goggle type deal. You, uh, you, I think you can keyboard play. You can do like a hand type deal. So you can actually move the hands of your avatar you play four people on a mission. So you've yeah. got captain, navigator, uh, tactical, and one engineer, an engineer. And they've all got their, you know, the captain's the captain. Tactical does all the weaponry. Engineering takes care of sending the crews around for repairs. Uh, Helm, of course, flies the ship. And then I, I think engineering has to take care of the warp core. And you fly a mission. It, it is the coolest thing, but I'm like you. Yeah. That's, uh, we've talked about this before. That's one of those things where I could see you and I and a lot of the listeners that we've interacted with, and I'm sure there's a lot that we haven't oh, that I are Star Trek so fans. dig into that. Where we could so uh-huh. get games going. You just have and to have- Especially if we could play together. Yes, that's yes. the thing. But, oh my gosh! I, I know, dude. I, I can't right now. I, I can't. You know, you know. Now, you know, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to push us over the edge. We're going to get hit up by all the people that already have the gear and that already play the game. The game isn't expensive. It's like forty bucks. But what bites you is, is you got to either have like a PS4 or a PC capable of running it, yeah. and you got to have the 3D equipment. jeez. Oh, so some of the stuff you're looking at four hundred ish bucks yeah, for the for the 3D headset and the hand the whatever they're called the batons or yeah, whatever for your it, hand it, motions. It, it's and, called yeah. It's called sunk cost is what yeah. That's what it's called. Yes. But oh my gosh, it looks so fun. I and, and here's the thing. Not only do I know I would enjoy playing it, but so would my wife. Oh, I didn't is, even think about Jackie. Who, who, who yes. is equally as big of a Star Trek fan as I am. Equally, okay. I mean, we're I mean, we're literally a family of Trekkies, and because it, it because it looks modern and and looks new, it would appeal to Grace. And she has watched all of Voyager, almost all of T, almost all of the original series, and she's watched all of Next Generation. So Grace is well healed in all the characters as well. Now she doesn't; she's thirteen, so she doesn't have the same reverence that Jackie and I have. But she understands the, the show. But she totally understands the show. If you if you watch someone play, yeah, I mean, just don't. Just, oh just, my just gosh! Don't, don't just just Google it. There's there's actually it. He, he kind of trolls people. There's a there's a guy that's got a YouTube channel. His YouTube handle is Scotchbox. He's Scottish, and he does a lot of play videos. And he's yeah. pretty good at the game. He knows his way around it. But he'll do stuff where he, he'll come in and act like he's AI. Apparently, okay. you can get an IBM Watson inspired AI to, to <laughs> okay. at, be one or I guess more of your crew members. Okay, and he will troll people. 
and, and that's funny into itself. But yeah. when you watch the serious games or you watch what they can do in the game, yeah, it looks phenomenal. But if you Google it, the chances are the videos you'll get will be Scotchbox videos. Okay, all right. Uh, okay, fair Most enough. Likely. I, I, I'm going to go look. I'm going to go look because anything Star Trek is going to get me, okay? When, when they fly the original series Enterprise, the all of the panels are just like from the original series where it's just this series of like brightly colored buttons yeah and you can watch it's like it's funny when you see someone that's never flown that ship they're like i, I don't know what to do because nothing's labeled yeah well, they're just buttons you just do like sulu and Jackoff did you just flip stuff you just push buttons you just and push stuff uh, you know act like you know what you're doing yeah there there is i've seen it pop up there's a key or something you can do and then there's floating indicators over all the buttons that indicate what each of them do <laughs> gotcha. but even if you're just playing, you you have to have muscle memory, like typing, I guess, to fly the original Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't just look down and it says go. Yeah, no, it's it's like they, I mean, they, they were all like momentary, some were momentary switches, some were like dead man switches. And mm-hmm. I mean, they had everything. It's like, ra- you know, raise that canopy and hit that switch. So you if, know? You all, if, this, if you all play that game, this is well outside of our genre. Uh, we, well, we talked about 3D printing, so why not modern PS four and pc 3d games but yeah it, it, it is outside our genre but it does fold in though i, I, I mean it folds in I, i've thought about you know the 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 fans of the show that we interact with regularly that and i don't think we're unique in this listening to other shows if you look at our distribution which is pretty darn broad in terms of downloads and where we go across the planet Versus the actual small number of people that we interact with on a regular basis. And like I said, I don't think we're unique because I, I see that in almost all the other shows that I listen to. They've got, especially the shows I know their numbers, they've got a huge distribution, but there's those, that really small set of fans that you, you know, so the, that's the first thing that's going through my mind. Cause those are the people I know Oh yeah, yeah outside yeah. of you yeah. that, okay, I could see, uh, a group of eight of us going yeah, at this. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yes. I can see this. I can see Sean O'Shea. Yes. You know, uh, showrunner, unpaid intern Sean O'Shea doing this. Yeah. I can see Relford here. And I can see. Yeah. And uh, wouldn't it be awesome because we fly the wild Enterprise. here and we Copeland doing down. this. And That's what I want to do is fly the Dan Enterprise Dubrache- upside down. Yeah. I can see Dan Dubrachet just yelling at us constantly yeah, as constantly. captain, you know. Yes. Uh, um, it would anyway. Be, it'd be some good stuff. That might kick me over the edge. Todd Tucky's daughter, his her show is the Tierra Talk Show. Okay. So if you're a Disney fan, check it out. I mean, and she interviews people that are also tangentially involved with Disney. At, um, like right here on her page, this is, I think she's got this spotlighted because of who it was, even though this is an older episode. Uh, she interviewed Deb, Debbie Reynolds. Really? Yeah, she's gotten Debbie Reynolds. She's gotten, I think, Ed Asner's on she talked with Ed Asner in one of the shows I went oh, through and wow. cherry picked that's, a bunch of the shows. Pretty, that's pretty high profile. She got man. Ed Asner because of up. She, uh, who played Yori in it's escaping me in Tron. Oh my gosh. She, she interviewed her Elizabeth wild. That's what? not right. No, it's not no. right. Uh, Oh, the original Tron. I'm, yeah. Are you, uh, yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah. No, yeah. The original Tron. Yori I'm sorry. Tron. Let's see. We'll ask the Google, my Google foo. How's my Google foo. Uh, Cindy Morgan. She interviewed Cindy Morgan. Okay. So there's, there's, it, her show is peppered with interviews like that. So yeah, Todd Tucky's daughter. Full that's, circle, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. The Tierra Talk Show. You have to check that out and 
Star Trek: The Next Conversation. We'll, we'll put a golly. I'm going to have show notes that are going to kill a normal man. So <laughs> but, show notes but, to choke a horse. Yeah, choke a horse, man. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get it in there. Just make sure you punch it there in the one note, dude. I will. I'll I make will. sure that it gets into the show notes. All right, Whitney. So speaking of a horse, we beat this horse to no end. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Let's it's take ha- a, it's half the fun of the show. I know. Though. Yes. Let's take a break, and we're going to slide it in the next segment. We're going to do a little tech talk. We're talk a little logic com- uh, comparator, and talk, oh, talk Tempest. Comes. Talk Tempest. I'm going to have to peel my wallet open. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Oh, it's going to scream. It's going right. to scream. Catch you on the flip side. It's time we go ahead and retire from the 3D printer and Star Trek talk. Yeah, and the only maybe... thing is, I, I do, I have to say it though, <laughs> in the feedback, we are going to revisit know, the 3D printer subject just for a minute. I just meant to, yeah. I, I feel so bad about it. I don't, I do, but I don't. I'm yeah. torn. Yeah. I laughed, I cried, it became a part of me. <laughs> I, I just wanted to mention it because I know that we'd had a lot of feedback when I first mentioned it. Oh, yeah. And I felt like I just went on and on and on. So, yeah, anybody that hung with us, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it's all, it's all good, dude. It, and if you're out there with the, having the same struggle I'm having, if you've been there, done that, got any advice, man, hit me up. I'd I'd love to hear from you. Well, you know? I will say this, listener of the show, Joe Zinkas, he he's got some feedback for you. Sweet. So so we're, we'll get to that. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk a little uh, a little tech here, Whitney. And I don't think we've talked the, about these before on the show. I'm not even sure if we've ever mentioned a we, logic we, we comparator. Ha- we, we have not. No. Uh. Uh-uh. All right. So. Right off in the show notes, we're going to have a link out to Arcade Museum, which is like the front page, the top domain, however you want to refer to it, for Clove. You know, Clove is linked off of arcade-museum.com. And they've actually got a, a wiki type area, and they've got a section that talks about logic comparators. And it gives you a, a basic rundown of what they are and actually talks about the units that we're going to talk about right now. So first of all, you know, what, what is it? What does it do? And what a logic comparator will do is it'll test TTL logic ICs. So that's all your ICs that you typically see are scattered around your arcade and pinball boards. Yeah, that It's going to be 90% of the board. Yeah, it's, it yeah, it's going to like. be 90% of the, the ICs that are on the board. Yeah. They're generally kind of generically referred to as glue logic. You know, they're gates and they're muxes and you know they're they just provide this whole i won't get into this whole my mind is just racing with the the various types of logic chips there are but they, let's just say they, they they're glue logic is what generally they're referred to as they're used to glue together the various subsystems of the computer that makes up your pcb either your game pcb for your arcade game or your pinball machine okay and what the comparator does is it will take a known good reference IC and compare it to the IC in your board in circuit. And the way it does this is it's got a clip that comes out of the comparator on a ribbon cable, and you literally clip it right over the IC that you're going to test. And the two units I talk about, I'm going to talk about here, which seems to be the more common of the units that I've seen out there. It'll just it'll flash an LED or the LED will come on and say, okay, this pin is not agreeing between the chip in test and the reference chip that's plugged into me. Correct. 
Okay. And and I I see these mentioned quite a bit. I I see them talked about on the Facebook forums and the claw forums. I've seen them there. And if you ever get bored, like I guess I've tended to do at times and flipped on YouTube and searched arcade repair just to kind of see what's out there. And I say that in jest. If you ever have not, if you've not done that, I suggest you do it because there's a couple of folks out there that have pretty active repair channels and they walk you through the process of what they're repairing. And there's a lot to be learned. Just how, 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 how general function uh, of a given board or a given family of boards or troubleshooting techniques. So it, it's, you know, b- before you're out watching the next epic fail video, if you're looking, <laughs> if you're, if you're yeah. looking to wind down in the evening, you know, check out some ar- arcade repair videos. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Riveting, yeah. riveting. So a- as I mentioned, if the, if the reference chip is in disagreement with the chip in test, you'll get a lead LED. And, and you, this, so using the tool is there's, uh, there's like with any good tool, there's a little art and it's not as much science. Okay. It's not a and B all the time. And a perfect example of something to keep an out an eye out for is an output pin error. So say you, you know, you got your chip and test, you put the clip on, you got an error. Okay. It's this pin. You look at the data sheet and that pin and in, in error is an output pin. Well, the output pin could have a mismatch because the next chip downstream is actually at fault. And that chip's pin could be shorted to ground or shorted to VCC to power and pulled high. So that pulls that connection between that next chip downstream and the chip in test higher or low, which would make it in disagreement with the reference chip. So the chip, like I said, the chip in question could be just fine. It could be the next guy downstream. More or less, you know, the the point being, just because it says it's bad doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. You do have to do a little uh, investigation, but it can help you get in the ballpark and make that ballpark a lot smaller. And that's the big thing, because if you if you're working on something without schematics, if you're working on just kind of poking prod, I guess, man, just having the opportunity to just narrow stuff down is huge. Yeah, absolutely. huge. Well, you know, one of the boards I've worked on recently was an Atari Millipede board. (laughs) And just for an example, okay, let's just say I can tell it's not running the game program. This this board wasn't. It wouldn't boot. Wouldn't run the game program. It was constantly in reset. And okay, well, let me check the EPROMs. Make sure the EPROMs aren't corrupted. EPROMs aren't corrupted. There's only a couple chips that take care of the addressing and the in the data traffic between the processor and the EPROMs. And they're the glue logic. I'm making air quotes. They're TTL chips, 74 series chips. If you look on your boards, look for anything that is 74 something. Yeah, Those like are going to be LS 161s and stuff. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. Those are going to be your your TTL type chips. All right. Yeah. You, and chances are, if you're looking at logic comparators, you you kind of already got an understanding of this. So that's why I'm staying kind of kind of super high level here. It's not very difficult to quickly pull out a logic comparator. There's, there's multiple ways to go at this logic probe, oscilloscope, logic comparator. It, it's kind of what works for you. What technique do you like? And then sometimes you're using multiple techniques and multiple tools, but as a quick example, 
uh, just just say I had a logic comparator handy. It it's relatively short work if I've only got a couple chips in question to just bam 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 and away you go and test them real quick. All right, test them all every pin in one shot. Not saying that it's one hundred percent foolproof. That's why there's other tools and techniques. Still a valuable tool. Yeah, I, there's there's no doubt about it. This is one thing that I do not have, which ultimately I, I feel like I should have just just for being able not not that I would use it every single day or even every week but there's there's a use case for it no doubt about mm-hmm. it so Whitney is actually holding I, I've got two comparators <laughs> that didn't sound good no it didn't He's, it didn't sound exa- it didn't sound at all what I thought it was going to sound no, like no, no no he just actually shook the box of one up against his mic yeah that's it, actually got some uh, some chips in and it. that's yeah. exactly what everybody just heard yes. yeah rattling around in there yeah sorry about so that. I've got t- the, the two units that I see most commonly are the two units that I happen to have and I say most commonly that's a little bit of a misnomer one of them is super common and that's an HP unit you're be able to find that pretty easy. You you can go to eBay pretty much any day of the week and search for it and you're going to find it. And this is an HP 10 529A. I'm going to grab some pictures of these okay. so that I can put sure. them up on the blog post. And that's a, a HP 10 529A. All right. Now, what this unit is, it's very common. They're relatively inexpensive, but there's a couple little caveats to the unit okay so first of all it is based on swappable test boards and the idea is is you get this blank you mount your ic in it solder it in and then you take a little drill bit that's included if you got the full kit it's it's it, it's literally a drill bit but it's got a knurled end on it like a spinner but smaller so you can use it with your fingers you don't have to put it in a drill why was this ever deemed a good idea i have no idea i, I mean not I, a clue no no offense to anybody who has this and 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 refuses to buy anything else because they say this is good enough i get it if it if you've made it work you've made it work and more power to you this doesn't sound good at all well the only thing i can think of is that hp wanted to sell more of the little blanks <laughs> because so you it's have, a toner cartridge scenario. Yes. Yes. Because versus the printer. What you have to do is each blank you program to the chip by using that little drill bit to punch through and cut traces to designate pins for ins versus outs. All right. So you get the blank and, and the kit I've got is uh kind of this hard plastic clamshell case and it has a i don't know whitney how many open that thing up how many of the blanks are in there is there like 10 or 12 they're up they're on the top edge i count 10 10. right now okay so the the kit came with 10 so that basically would allow me to test 10 unique chips i'd have to mount them and how many how many pins i think it's only 16 pin right or is it a 14 pin no, it's a 16 pin. It's a 16 pin. Yeah, so all up to 16 pin I see you soldered in that board. And then, like I said, use the little drill bit and you air quotes program it so that you, you designate in versus out pins. All right. You insert that board into the tester, close the tester up, and then you clip on to the, the mating I see the same part number I see on your board and you can test it. All right. Bingo. You're done. Now, they did come out with a universal board that's got a ZIF socket in it and dip switches. 
those are a little harder to find. And Whitney, there's one in there as well. It's it's in a uh, static bag, and that's an HP for anyone you know keeping track at home. That's a one o five two nine. Same part number as the start of the comparator. One o five two nine dash six zero zero one seven. That card has the same pinout as the the blanks that I mentioned earlier, but it's got a zip socket. You throw an IC in it, you lock it down, push the little lever down, and it's got dip switches that you use to program it. You slide them one way if it's an input and another way if it's an output. That way, there's a, there's a lot to like about that. Yeah, you just reuse it. Yeah. Okay. Again, the, it's a, a, a relatively accessible tool, not super expensive in the big picture. And I want to say that, like on the blanks, I want to say Mark Spath. And if you've been in the hobby for a while, I'm sure you've heard of Mark. Uh, just Google Mark Spath Arcade. Uh, was it Cambridge Arcade? Is, is yeah, it's Cam- Cambridge Arcade. Yeah. Cambridge Arcade. Mm-hmm. He actually made a run of those blanks at one point in time. So uh, you can get them off eBay. You can go to Mark, hit him up, or you can just hunt around for for that Dash 617 card. If it doesn't already come with the kit, you know, because kind of like Whitney, which you talked about earlier with the fluke, you go, you basically got a kit for lack of a better term, someone that had several pieces already assembled. So you got it as a lot. And that's what I see sometimes with these comparators. You'll get just the comparator. Or if you're patient, you just look around on eBay or spend a little bit more, you'll get one with a bunch of the extra goodies. And that's really the way to go. Yeah. 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 All right. The next one is kind of actually hard to find. All right. Just kind of looking around at logic comparators and even like referencing back to that page that I mentioned that's off arcade-museum.com. This is out there, but not near as common as the HP unit. And this is the B&K Precision Model 550. Okay. So watch out. There's a 552 that is for CMOS ICs versus the 550 for TTL. All right, and there's a difference in terms of where the breakover point is for high and low and and you want you want a TTL model, you want the the 550 versus the 552. Now here's the winner on this one. Here's why this one is worth hunting down and and spending the extra time to to find it. It is uh, a single console it's got a ZIF socket. It tests up to 20 pin ICs and it basically self programs itself. All right. The HP model is kind of just dumb. It does it all with, with basic, basically with just a series of diodes arranged in such a way that it can compare the, the pins in and out on, on either side. There's a little bit of intelligence in the B and K unit. So that you put the chip in, you take the clip that comes off of it, you put it on the, 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 uh, I've only said chip 50 times, Whitney, I can't say it one more. I've used my allotment for the day. You put the clip on the chip that you're testing and you literally push a button labeled test and it will turn around and it'll tell you if, if there's a pin that doesn't match. And one of the other functions of it too is when it, you can select the, the leg count along the bottom of the unit. So say if it's a 16 pin IC, you hit 16 pin. And what it'll do is it's not like full logic probe 
functionality, whereas a logic probe will say, okay, I'm pulsing, I'm pulsing more high, I'm pulsing more low, I'm stuck high, I'm stuck low. But it will give you some indication in the LEDs as to the, the current state of the pins on the particular chip that you're clipped to. Okay. But again, the magic with this thing is, is if you're testing a chip that follows the the kind of the loose standard for where power and ground is, that being your ground pin is your far upper left and your power is your uh, far lower right. If you're holding it, you know, uh, pin one up with the notch up with the notch up. Yeah. If it follows that, that standard, you don't have to do anything. You plug it in the programmer, closes this socket uh, uh, lever, stick it on the chip and test and push test. And even if you've got something that doesn't that's, follow that standard, that's that's how you do it. There's the you can program through dip switches the B and K to handle the oddball stuff as well. Okay. So I, I can use that B and K. I can just drop a chip in it and just push test. And then you'll clip on and just push test. That's pretty sweet. It's like, that's more the Cadillac version of the unit. So Whitney, you took some pictures of them and you know, I I don't know where you want to stick those. We can put uh, the link that I'm going to put in the show notes over to um, arcade museum. And there's actually a link I'm going to throw in here on the HP unit straight into the claw forums. They'll have pictures and all that for people that haven't seen them. But um, yeah, I've, if this is something we can, we can throw them on Facebook, Whitney, we can, we can do whatever. Whitney's going to actually take some pictures of the ones that I've got. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I've got pictures of the B and K. I'll grab pictures of the HP right here. Again, both of them are, are perfectly fine units. The, the HP I've used a fair amount. Now here, here's the funny story about it, Whitney. You'll never guess where I found that B and K. <laughs> no, I no, I probably won't. But in the box, it tells me that, is probably lumped up with some other stuff and not called out individually. But w- yeah, well, where uh, ultimately I found it somewhere in in a buyout and okay. got it with a bunch of other stuff. Okay, I've had that thing forever and really honestly didn't realize what it was. And more recently, I found it on the shelf about three foot behind you. I thought, oh wow, I thought that was a tester for. Uh, I, I knew that it was an IC tester, but my thought was when I first opened that box, I had to have the chip in hand and put it in the ZIF socket. And then there was, cause there's a little setup book with oh, it. Oh, so it would test it out of circuit. It would test it out of circuit. Oh, I didn't realize it was, okay. a, it was a logic comparator. I just recently opened that box back up again. I was doing, uh, doing some research. I don't know what led me down to look back at some HP stuff. Some of the, 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 the one Oh five, nine, nine, two, two, nine, a stuff, you know, the comparator you've got in your hand right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, wait a minute, this is ringing a bell. And sure enough, <laughs> so I've, I've got, got one, one of those. those. Yeah. And I just, Man. I never spent the time to sit down and dig into it. And I, I didn't realize that I had that unit all along. Well, so I'll tell you what. shame on me. Yeah, well, that being said, uh, you came out good. So yeah, I actually had an opportunity to use it in that particular unit. I had one, one kind of screwed up led in it like you'd wiggle it and it would it would come on because there's there's an ability in that unit to light all the leds as a, as a unit test so i had to take it apart and solder an led in it and i was like oh man this is awesome 
Any, anyway, yeah. Sweet, yeah, yeah. I've that, had that thing forever and didn't realize it. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I thought that's it was awesome. an out of circuit IC tester, but so nonetheless, yeah. If you're if you're progressing in your in your skill set for for board repair, yeah, and you know we've talked about Logic Probes, we talked about some other tools. We haven't really do, do, dove into oscilloscopes. Something you might want to consider is adding a logic comparator to to your toolbox. Oh, no doubt. That's so, nice. Yeah. Definitely check them out. You know, again, the HP, they're pretty easy to find. But if you can find that BNK 550, that is that's the sweet model. That's the one you want. Yeah, it I'll say this, just in looking at the two of them, it's definitely one of those scenarios where um the the, the BK precision uh, the BK precision is yeah, it looks like the way to go. <laughs> it's the way to go. It looks like the way to go, yes. All right, so that is logic comparators. Now, Whitney, well, I'm, uh, I'm I've gonna, hid my wallet. Yeah, I'm going to add to the burden of fi- trying to find the BK Precision. Okay? okay. Because not only do our listeners now have that on their to-do list, but... Uh, they're getting. They're going to get ready to spend some smack if they're going to hang with us. Okay, that, that's all. That's all I know to say. All right. So the first thing on on if you're Brent, rolling with us, you're rolling big. You're you're, you're rolling big straight to the poorhouse, but you're rolling big. Okay. Uh, this month on on spend Brent's money, it's uh we've got three items here, and um I I think that two out of the three are are of interest to both you and I. The third one is a huh. It, and it's like I, I would love to buy it if money were no object, but and it's uh, looks nice. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see where this lands. So the first one, Brent, is um, Take Man on Clove is doing uh, another run, and is, as long as the interest list gets to the point to where uh, to where he's got twenty people committed and ready to go, of the Nintendo Red Tent, the coin boxes themselves this is a repro coin box, not a coin door but the box that sits inside the red tent uh, itself. So they're $58 each, which is probably a bit, uh, probably a bit spendy if you think about it, if you think about it, but at the same point, it's a formed box that's powder coated and uh, to original spe- formed to original specs, powder coated and uh, literally ready to swap the locks and install inside your red tent. So if, if you have a red tent that you're restoring and, Maybe you're missing one of the coin boxes, or maybe you're missing both, or the ones you got are just beat all to beat all the you know daylights. Uh, quite honestly, 106 bucks, which is nothing to sneeze at. That's but for 106 both. bucks. Yeah, fixes that problem. Yes, it is both. Yeah. So can you buy just singles? Oh yeah, you sh- yeah, you sure can. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I know you and I are going to actually walk out in the garage after the show and check a couple things out. Try to help me to remember. I need to look at my red tent. Okay. I th- think i have one okay and i think i need one okay well then this is this is the avenue to get that done if you're if you're so inclined mm-hmm. so um the, the interest we'll have a link to the interest thread and there there's some people that have signed up for it i don't think they're at the 20 that is required yet but actually it looks looking, like it's moving actually looking at the update from um and sanctum where uh-huh who looked to be the one tracking the numbers i did a quick count and it's like 28 or 29 oh is it that far along yeah. oh i didn't i did not realize yeah. that maybe i was just counting the people and not counting the doors or the boxes that everybody had signed up for so okay well it, it, hey great thing is that means it's it's going to happen so 
Uh, if you're interested in that, uh, check yeah, like the link. Twenty nine quick count. Okay, and that, cool. that update was on the twelfth, August twelfth. Okay. okay, so it's it's going to be higher than that now, uh, maybe uh, depending upon when he updates the thread. So so there there you go. Yeah, good stuff. I need to check my red tin as well and just see what I know. I've got both of mine. I'm just kind of curious as to what shape they're in. But I mean, it's nothing you ever see. But at the same point. It's always been a hot commodity. It's always been a hot commodity, yeah. man. Because it looks like eight or nine out of the eight or nine out of ten red tents that I see, they're they're missing. They're gone. They're just missing. The them. only thing I can figure, I think you and I talked about once on an early early show, some of the Tato Tito, mm-hmm. whatever it is, those cabs they had a a small Tito Tito Tito. They had a small cash box door below the coin door. Yes, they did, and. It would, you could open that door and it would come off. Yeah. And the only thing I could think of is this being similar in that I bet operators yeah. would pull their locks like when they warehouse the game yeah. or they'd leave it unlocked in the warehouse. Yeah. And the stuff got shuffled around it, it, since it didn't have a hinge or it would separate from the hinge or it would slide out, it would, it would disappear. It would disappear. Yeah. That's the only thing I could think. Or yeah, or it's one of those things that you know you open up the red tent and it's one of those items that flops around if you were to move it, it because it's not like quote unquote bolted yep, down. Especially if you pulled your lock out of it or something. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so it may be one of those parts that caused people some angst while they were while they were moving the game around and. Um, uh, yeah yeah hey so th- th- there is that but it, it is nice and it, th- that they're being reproed and i i do need to check mine uh as well and i, I probably ought to do that sooner rather than later because it seems like take man's runs i mean he he will in first and foremost he does a absolutely beyond fantastic job but if you don't get in on him when he runs them it, it could be like three years before they're run again and Maybe that's an issue for you. Maybe it's not. But ultimately, just knowing's knowing's half the battle is um, is our favorite fictitious army would say. So <laughs> um, the next one is the is something that rings the bell at about fifty five dollars. And I think in looking at the features on this, it it appears to be worth every penny. I've not bought one yet. I, I've I've been on the fence for getting one of these for weeks now, but just haven't pulled the trigger. But for all you uh Tempest owners out there, this is a Tempest and Tempest Tubes free play and high score save kit multi game daughter card. Literally. Say that three times fast. Yes, and I, I'm I'm not going to repeat. I can't. That. I wouldn't get through one. We've, yeah, yeah. I'm just. If you want to hear that again, just hit the hit the back button. You know, just go 15 or 20 seconds back and just listen to me marble mouth that all over again. But uh, ultimately, this is one of the newer offerings from HighScoreSaves.com. Um, as as you would as, as you should come to expect from all of these high score save kits that this particular uh, this particular uh, individual puts out or, or brokers or and, and brings to the market uh, it's it's got a wide variety of features um, of course save your high scores uh, forever that's that's no I mean that's that's table stakes at this point but it has separate high score tables for the different games. Uh, it often provides a track mode sounds free play uh, coin up if you if you still want that uh, if you're if you run your games on quarters um, it provides on screen dip uh, dip switch setting change ability 
uh, ROM savers in most of the games, if not almost all the games, you can pull the original game ROMs because the game ROM code itself is supplied on the daughter card that you install in the CPU socket and uh, reset button and, and so on down the line. You can reset the game without having to turn it off and on with a hard power cycle, you know, things like that. Um, a lot of the games now uh, also provide a, an online version to where you get your own um, you get your own uh, high score save website, so to speak, and and you can upload your scores through the kit, uh, connect it to. I think they I think they all connect with an Ethernet interface. I don't know if any of them are Wi-Fi at this point or not, but uh, it seems to me like that might be a problem running it inside a game. But Wi-Fi inside a game, I I, I don't know. But nonetheless. Um, there, there is that. So I don't know, Brent, you've got a Tempest. I've got a Tempest. Uh, my daughter dearly loves Tempest and she would not want me to get rid of Tempest at all. No, I like, uh, yeah, yeah, my Tempest, I don't see it going anywhere. Y- yep. Yep. I mean, it's, it's a solid, great game. I'm just kind of curious. Does this appeal to you? I mean, would you drop 55 on this? Well, I wouldn't personally. And, uh, the only reason I say that is, I mean, you gain a lot because the Tempest, it's like a lot of your Ataris. I think it only keeps the top three high scores. Yeah. If you do a Tempest tube, Tubes ROM hack deal, which I'll mention in a minute what I mean by that, uh, there's no separate high score saves for each game, which this does. There's a lot of pluses to this game. A lot of pluses, yeah. And But I've already got Tempest Tubes in my, oh, my you game. Did? Oh, you do? Now, okay. it, it, here, here's the win for most people. And what I ran into... In, I, now, keep in mind, everybody, and everyone that's a listener of the show realizes that if if I'm going to say a 10-word a sentence, I'm going to trip over eight of those words. So let not take that into account, plus the time it's been since I've done this. But there, there's a, a run of Tempest boards with... And I don't remember the ROM sizes, but you've got fewer ROMs. Okay. And I'm sure it has to do with, uh, I'm going to pull these numbers right out of the air because okay. I, I don't remember. It's been okay. so long. That's fine. That's but, fine. Yeah, you're going to get the point across. And yeah, that's what so, matters. So say the first couple runs of games were like 2716s. Uh-huh. And then eventually 2732s became cheaper. Yeah. So they restrapped the board, used 2732s. And less ROMs because there's more space in those yeah, than the so 16s. They, they double them up. Yeah. And, and th- there's surely even some earlier boards because a lot of times what you'll find is they will set a board up to use multiple ROM sizes. And then that way they're not constrained by inventory. Uh-huh. Okay. What's in the channel. So I- anyway, the Tempest Tubes game is designed for like the smaller rom version where there's more roms Uh you just replace the one rom okay and what i ended up having to do because mine has i think a fewer roms set up oh so it's a later board right yeah so i had to either switch it all to smaller roms or i had to go get the two the 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 other rom I had to double up. Yeah. I had to make my own ROM. Yeah, well, I had to put had in to the copy, Tempest Tube. Yeah, right, copied over top of itself. I had to put right? the Tempest Tube ROM in and then do a plus and uh-huh. add the other factory ROM from the small set that equals the one in the large set. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? It sure does. And I had to do yeah. that a command line and some DOS commands. Yeah. It's it, it's just a yeah. It's just 
you're you're using the copy command and you just like string the bin files together right. with the plus sign. Yeah. And then what I ended up doing on top of that is then I I added those to the original unmodified ROM uh-huh. and then I made it switchable. Oh, okay. So then actually the ROM that's in the slot where my tubes is, is twice the size of all the other ROMs. And then I pull one of the address pins higher or low with a switch that's inside the coin door to switch between tubes and Tempest. Oh, I see. Got yeah. you. Now with a thing like this, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Cause it just negates all of it. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yes. And, and I remember seeing people on Clove on occasion go out and try to do their own Tempest tubes kit and they were, oh, well, they've got the board that makes it difficult and they have to go through that rigmarole yeah. I just went through yeah. versus just change it. Yeah, yeah or something. definitely, definitely. Yeah. So, no, this is this solves all of that. Well, I don't, and, and that's why it doesn't appeal to me because yeah, well, I don't want to touch it again. Well, I, I completely <laughs> get that. And for me, where I'm running just bone stock Tempest with no, with no changes whatsoever – it's pretty low. It's a pretty low price to pay for a lot of return. I I, I will say. Oh that. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So so for me in my well, use case, I'm, just say I'm seriously I, considering it. Let's just say um, I've got a lot more than fifty five dollars worth of time in squirreling well, with I'm that. I'm sure that's the case. I'm sure that's the case. So well, this next one, Brent. This next one's good. This takes the cake. This, this may actually be a record for what we have spent your money on. I don't know. I do need to go look it up. I need to run some. I need, I need to, to run, run some, some numbers. I, I need to run several, some, some some deep state analysis on the show notes this here to determine this. Of. But th- this is this is awesome. I, this is absolutely awesome. But whoa, boy, it comes with a price. So this is the Tempest FPGA multi game card. This provides. Uh, an FPGA solution uh, for the Tempest board inside your your Tempest machine. Uh, pull the board, and you've got essentially just uh, a, one small daughter card with an SD with a micro SD card slot on it. Ribbon cable that then interfaces with um, a card edge connector board, and the the combination of those two allow you to uh, essentially multi game your Tempest so that you have normal Tempest. Major Havoc and Omega Race, as it is today. Um, you can do an FPGA version of Major Havoc for a dedicated cabinet. Uh, you can do an FPGA version of Quantum for a dedicated cabinet. And supposedly available Q3 of this year, Q3 uh, 2018, which we are in the midst of Q3 uh, right now as we record this. So I'm not sure if it's available yet. Looking at the cloth thread, it didn't look like it was. But there's actually going to be an FPGA Space Duel multi-game that that would then supply Space Duel, Black Widow, Gravatar, Tempest, Major Havoc, and Omega Race. So basically, you take this FPGA board <laughs> and you can play Quantum dedicated. Major, you can play Major Havoc dedicated. Major Havoc dedicated. Yeah. You can jam it into a Tempest because of the Tempest control panel, uh-huh. and you get Tempest, Major Havoc, and Omega Race. Yep. Or you can jam it into a space duel cabinet and get, and get everything and get everything and get everything. That's exactly right. Now, what's the price tag on this? Six hundred ninety nine dollars. Now, here's what I will say. Okay. Now, I have read through the first post in the Clawfred, and the first post was was pretty was pretty detailed because it's by the it's by the the gentleman who has developed this and is selling this. 
And I do want to give all credit where credit is due because this gentleman has obviously logged a tremendous amount of time in the development of this board. And I, I feel like I feel like based on what I'm reading, a lot of the cost of this is to help offset the, the development time on this board. I, I don't think it's I don't think the price encapsulates the actual hard dollars on the component costs. I think this is component cost plus research and development, engineering work and everything like that. With that being said, I'm actually OK with that. Am I a customer for this? No. No. But I'm am not. I okay with it? Totally. Yeah. 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 For sure. Now, ultimately, Brent, we uh, it, it sounds no, like but you we, look we at, can't look spend at, your money on it, but it is really neat to see. Look at the work that that uh, J-Rock board, the work in J-Rock boards. Uh, yeah. And because, see, didn't he do, He's I know he's done multi-Williams boards. He's done multi-Cubert boards. Mm-hmm. They're, F- they're, they're all FPGA. They're FPGA based. So, yeah. you know, for anybody that, that might not realize it, what what goes on, it's field programmable gate array. So basically you can go in and, and, and I'm, this is, the other. here's another potential show title, air quotes. <laughs> I keep making air quotes. So you've got, and, and I haven't programmed these. I, I, I know how they work. In, in, I, I, we have read a lot about yeah, them. In fun, yes. So if I get some of this terminology wrong, excuse me, but you've got these blocks or these building spaces in the FPGA and you can go and map out all of the logic, like all the glue logic I talked about doing when we were talking about the logic comparators. I've got a gate that does this. I've got, you know, okay, this links to this links to this and it reaches out into some RAM. You can write all that in software, load it in the FPGA, and basically in the FPGA, uh, I want to, I hate, I hate to say simulate because in theory, you've actually recreated in that FPGA chip by telling it how to act the original hardware. So you're not really emulation in the strictest form of the sense of like writing software to emulate hardware, you're programming a piece of hardware to act like all this other hardware. Okay. Yep. That's, that's what an FPGA does. So you can go in. Okay. uh, I'm going to write, the FPGA code to make it act like this original Tempest board and it will run the original Tempest software. And it's not emulation. It's It's, not emulation. It's not emulation. And that, and that's the beauty of it. It's you're repurposing hardware to do, to act like other hardware. So there's no emulation. It's, yeah, it, it's, so it's not, it's not necessarily a, a, a simple task. We're not downplaying. But oh no, 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 no. That's, but but it is a much appreciated task. Yeah. I will say that. And and the other one, uh, Th- to that's make just note to me. Of, no, and I'm with you. It's like I, I admire him for the work. Oh yeah, there's but no doubt. That's a hard ask mm-hmm. given the audience because the audience is. isn't. The audience is relatively narrow. It's a it's a narrow swath of yeah. an already niche audience. Yeah, I, I, I'll agree with that. I, I I think the the one thing that I will add though is that. As with anything, there are there are people that are, let's say, maybe dedicated vector collectors or something along those lines, or they look at this as a solution to, well, if I go this route, I don't have to build a dedicated major havoc, which would run me in four thousand yeah. dollars, or I don't have to build X, or I don't have to, I don't have to buy Y, because even the cost of this uh, Tempest FPGA card or board, rather, I'm sorry, the board 
I mean, that's roughly half the price of the going rate on a Major Havoc PCB right now. And it could play Major Havoc as FPGA. So could this be an economical solution? Depending on the case, it could. I just don't think that you and I are the customers for it. No, and and I see a lot of... That being said... I'm just flipping through the thread real quick. It looks like it's, what, 12 pages, and I'm like four pages in. It's got got some detail to it. Yeah, it does. There's a lot of of discussion on the price, and it's it's back and forth. And a lot of... It seems like just what I've seen, there's people that have made the point that, hey, just like we've said, we... We appreciate the work, but that's I'm priced out. That's yeah. I, oh, yeah. I think yeah. that's a little steep. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And then there's other people I saw that responded that said, "You know what? I, I can I can justify I can justify the financials on this." So I guess it comes down to an individual scenario and what your plans are. But uh, but there it is. I mean, if you need it, it's it's something that's available, and you can contact the uh, the original poster on the thread, and we'll have it in the show notes. Um, contact the original poster to purchase and he's shipping the games they're he's shipping the boards so they're they are mm-hmm. available so that's it brent I, I mean as far as spending your money goes that last one came in hot so i, th- I think we'll just <laughs> drop fast. it right there you know <laughs> but uh, man before we uh before we put a wrap on the show brent i think it's time for us to do uh just a, a hair bit of news but a small bit of news but it, it's it's some major news and i and there there are a couple things i i, I definitely want to get your take on and then we'll do some feedback and we actually brent we've got a we've got a fair amount of feedback cool. so it's it's awesome we've been very fortunate this month we've uh, had a lot of people had a lot of people respond all right cool whitney so let's take a quick little break and then we'll roll into the news and feedback sounds like a plan Well, Whitney, we've talked 3D printers, we've talked Star Trek VR games, we've spent some of my money, we've talked about new tools, and now we're going to dive headfirst into the shallow end <laughs> of the Marvel Universe <laughs> yes. and pinball. Yes, and you know, Brent, one might think that we've almost said it all, but we haven't said it all just yet, because we've still oh, got Whitney, news and feedback you, to go. Whitney, you've met us. We could talk for hours about the color of a red bicycle. Uh, this this much is true, Brent. Yes. And we talk about all the colors that it's not. You know, <laughs> that, that And that, Brent, is how you talk for hours about a red Absolutely. bicycle. Absolutely. Yes. Now, the first thing, Brent, well, I guess maybe it's the only thing that we got in the news segment, <laughs> so sorry about that. It's a big but, news. But, but it is, but it is, a, it is a, a big item, at least you know, from a timeliness perspective for this month is Stern has uh, dropped the the latest title, uh, Deadpool Pinball, uh, based on the based on on the Marvel comics and not the movies. And I think that's that's a fairly interesting choice. And I think it's the right choice. I would agree. From if we're just talking pure opinion here and and amount of mass appeal. I think going with the comics package or the comic space is definitely the right right thing well, to do. You, you sidestep the whole um, movie aspect because uh-huh. then you're a lot more free in terms of rules. And in terms of art as well. Yes. Oh, yes. absolutely. In terms of art. Yes. And you sidestep any licensing uh-huh. and then involving Ryan Reynolds yeah. and you don't get into the game that you got into with and Sony. Sony's Sony. Big, and Sony as well. Oh, yeah, because they've got that side of Marvel they've right now, don't they? got that side of Marvel right now, yeah. Disney's trying to get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if they don't already have it locked in, but you're right, Sony. Yep. And then if you want the movie route, you also 
if you know, you can't get Ryan Reynolds, you're avoiding that whole trap that they had with Guardians of the Galaxy, where they had voice actors kind of do the voices. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I, I will say this: um, when when I first heard that Deadpool was was confirmed as the title, um, I mean, I, I I was not enthused about this title really at all, and I'm not. I, I'm not, I'll go on record. I mean, I'm not a huge, a super huge Deadpool fan. Okay. But Brent, I will say this. When you look at the, the, the art package, which was done by, by Zombie Yeti, and I, I don't even know how the game's anybody, beautiful. I don't, yeah, I don't even know how anybody could take a look at Zombie Yeti's talent and his product and what he does and find fault with it because he is a well i can tell you where the fault is he's never come here and painted anything at my house yeah true that bro exactly (laughs) yeah he's not showed up at my house either but but i i mean seriously i mean his work is impeccable and the artwork is just absolutely beautiful and i really really was surprised by just how beautiful this game actually is um now all that being said i have not played one i i think very few people as of this recording have have actually had seat time on it i know there's been a few streams and everything jack danger's done a stream uh has done a live stream on on the gameplay and i'm sure we'll see more over the over the coming weeks and months but uh but brent this is this is a title that that from first glance makes me rethink my position on it just based upon what i see so speaking of having one if um if you're anywhere near lafayette indiana Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know Main Street Amusements is in Lafayette, yeah. they've already they've been confirmed for their pickup of their okay. Deadpool. Gotcha. I think they're going. By the time this show comes out, they'll have it on the floor. Yeah, I'm sure. That's We're recording okay. on a Wednesday night. They're yeah. going to have it supposedly by this weekend. Oh, is that so, right? They have a pro by this. Weekend? I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. it's a pro yeah. because usually the the pros are you or the first. That they'll what cut the LEs uh-huh. and then they'll do a run of pros yep. if if they hold true and yeah. then they'll they'll start making some premiums. The premiums come in towards the so end. So I'm assuming he's yeah. for his location he's going to yeah. get a pro. I'm sure. And uh, Jared and um, and Clint, Clint at the high at the high score saloon in Evansville I saw where they posted and they're confirmed on getting a pro as well. So and I'm sure rec bar in town will have I'm a pro sure they because they, yeah. they have, they're also stern dealers. So yeah. they'll have a pro. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure, long. I'm sure they will. And, Here I, in Louisville. and ho- I'm sure one will show up as Ann's bar at some point because that, I mean, that Ann's is good about that. Oh, yeah. Making that happen down there as well. This is one that I am definitely, definitely looking forward to playing. And I, I'll I'll say this again. I'm not the biggest Deadpool fan, but the art and my propensity to Marvel <laughs> automatically makes me a potential customer. Okay, and um, and I you know I was I, I was a bit high on Guardians of the Galaxy when I initially saw it. I played it. I, I really wasn't that enthused over how over the gameplay and how the code was at the time around March of this year, the 20 March, 2018 timeframe when I played it quite a bit at the Louisville arcade expo, 
I walked away from Guardians of the Galaxy just uh, a bit less enthused about I it. I still can't get into Guardians. Yeah, and and, I, and I've played it numerous times since then, and and I'm telling you, ultimately, I, I don't think it's a game for me. It's a Skittles. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's, Skittles. It's like a disappointing M M&M. and M. Mm-hmm. I just I, I look at it and I'm like, ooh, and then I play it. For and it's me, like, it's like, uh, oh, I was man. expecting chocolate. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't know if it's. I know people that love that game uh-huh. personally. I'm in that same boat with you. It does not hit with me, and I want to like it because just looking too. at it I, I know and, and i love the properties i love i, I love I, yeah uh, i'm a huge yes. i love guardians i, I, I love guardians i love the property i love what it what it's done for the mcu and i'm i'm just i'm just an over-the-top marvel fan but uh it, it's still got to make sense now all that being said uh i do i, I do just adore the 16-bit what I'll call SNES style, the Super Nintendo style, uh, back box display slash yeah, videos. Cool. Oh, it's really cool. It, it it fits the theme perfectly. And uh, if you think about this, Britt, when and, and I would I would certainly implore everyone who's interested in this to hop up on Stern's website and look at the feature matrix for the pros and the premiums, the premium slash LEs. And much like Maiden. The gap, the feature gap between the pros and the premiums, Brent, is getting narrower and narrower. Because if you take a look at the feature matrix, there's differences. Don't get me wrong. There's differences. But the differences are not huge. Okay, we're talking some sta- we're talking some some molded figures on the play field. We're talking a ramp di- one like one ramp difference and some drop targets versus stand up targets. And I know there's going to be co- there's obviously code to support th- those changes and things like that. But when you, when you stack the pro against the premium, the thing I'll say is the good news for everybody buying a pro is you're getting your money's worth. You're definitely getting your money's worth. So, and there's other changes. Don't get me wrong. The art's different and so on. All that notwithstanding. But when you look at actual gameplay and feature feature bumps from the pro to the premium, some of it's superficial. And to me, there's a little bit of it that ties into actual gameplay itself. I've and that, and that, says, that says a lot to how the pro is set up. here, Whitney. I yeah. can't figure... Deadpool mixtape featuring eleven original music tracks. Well, now that that's just a gimme. That's just a that's just a Well, that's just on the premium. That's too. just on the premium. Well, the LEs get a vinyl album. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And so if, if you Oh, that, that's actually a cassette. It's, that it's, comes it's, in with a cassette. Yeah, it's just a cassette. I mean it's literally well, I don't want to say it's just a cassette, but yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. It's a cassette. That's kind of neat. It is kind of still. Neat. Okay. Yeah, it is kind of neat. But then when you when you work your way down through here through the feature matrix, we're talking like a custom molded Wolverine action figure, custom molded Chimichanga truck, custom molded Dazzler action figure. Okay, that's on a premium. That's not on a pro. So that, right? to me, the motorized disco ball, which which apparently, from what I understand in reading, that actually creates a lot of mode differences in the game. Okay, and I'll give it that. Okay, I'll give it that. But what I'm liking here, talking about the gap getting closer. If if you're looking at one, two, three, four, I'm, it, it's kind of hard for me to track this left and right. And yeah, this I, screen I, I cap's kind of fuzzy. I get it. Let's just but, go approximation. But you're here. talking saying that we never you know, did that earlier in the show. We're talking yeah. three or four things here. The, the lion's share of the differences are 
a molded figure or not. Probably like yeah. in the Ghostbusters Pro versus Premium, where you had flat plastics versus like the library, like the library, or a molded yeah. library. That doesn't affect gameplay. No, not at all. You know, not you're not all. doing. Uh, uh, you don't have mass. You're not. You're not making massive changes in the game in the gameplay, like in Ghostbusters, where you're able to to do a little different uh, uh, mode and, and theming with the ramps, because the ramps are totally different. Totally different versus Pro versus Premium. That's right. I'm not yeah. seeing as much of that in here at first N- glance. No, not at all. And especially when you take a look at like stand up targets that spell out Deadpool versus drop like uh versus uh two uh. Two banks of four drop targets that spell Deadpool on the premium versus the stand-up on the mm-hmm. pro. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love drop targets. They're more satisfying to hit. I, I think they're 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 more they add uh they add an additional dimension to the gameplay. But am I gonna base am I gonna base a two thousand dollar difference on drop targets? Not no. not, not it, just it, them by and themselves. And again, going back to Ghostbusters, the the to me, that was kind of a high watermark in bringing, at the time, bringing pros and premiums closer together uh-huh. in terms of features. Yeah. But yet, it's still quite different. The gameplay is totally different. Just for example, I already mentioned the ramps because you've got, it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. You've got different opportunities, different. Op- it, here it's so what it looks 90 it looks 92 percent different eight i'm sorry 92 percent the same eight percent different versus target versus the drop target i'm with you versus a complete turn left turn right on a pro versus premium uh purchase so i i I don't brenda i'll say this and uh, again i I initially wasn't uh, wasn't even really interested in this just due to the fact that i just wasn't the hugest deadpool movie fan but then when i saw the artwork package and it's based on the comics and everything like that and and i've never i've never really spent any time reading the the deadpool comics either i just i'm just basing basing my opinion right now off what i know which is which is the movies but the the artwork package the animation style and just the sheer uh the sheer number of features that are packed into this this is this looks like it's got a lot of promise a lot of promise okay so earlier off mic i promised you i was going to say something controversial there you go fire away so here's the deal i have watched a little of this a little of the live stream after the stream the recorded stream that dead flip did so i watched a little bit okay. of the first section where someone I, honestly i just didn't have a lot of time so i don't even know who did it but he was playing with a glass off and drop you know hitting a target with his hand dropping a ball and just talking about what was there yeah and yeah, so he was just mode walking the machine. Exactly right. Yep. And to me, that was it was kind of exciting. There was a lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool shots, a lot of cool options. And, and I really it it in the few seconds I got to spend with it here and there, second few watch a little of this, watch a little of this. Yeah, it drew me in enough to say, okay, I got to dedicate some time to go back and look at this. Yeah, yeah. It really drew me in. And then watching the gameplay and how. Um, how that progressed and just watching it live. And then even though you're honestly, you're watching the ball is not as much the display, the, how much they had flushed the display out was kind of surprising to me. Mm-hmm. I was really shocked to see as much going on already in the code with the, just the display I, I know, and yeah. how things were. Um, I also noticed, I don't know, if you've seen any of the, the, the play video, there's, 
and, and I don't know if it's the default where it starts with Deadpool walking through like this game room and he goes up to a pinball machine and he's playing pinball. Oh, I haven't seen that. No. Yeah. Well, in the background, in the little arcade room space where he's playing pinball, behind him is two stern games, two stern video games. There's a berserk and there's a scramble. Oh, nice. And I'm pretty sure from what I could hear over the talking, they actually even brought some of those down. They brought those sound effects from their classic arcade games okay. into the game. Okay. That's, that's sweet. So just generically, just looking at it, just watching it that I really like this game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And, and here's here's kind of the controversial thing because i've had several people ask me about this you i've had i was asked about it as recent as not last week and a few days ago but the weekend before last mm-hmm. i i can't i can't get into iron maiden well i was going to ask that, i just can't I, I was going to ask that question because i will say this okay No, I I need to let you finish your controversial. (laughs) You need to. I don't know why. Finish your controversial statement. I'm sorry, and that's it. I just I can't Iron Maiden. I can't get. I can't. I just where where I can go into uh, into Rec Bar. Mm -hmm. All right, and it's it's, I have quick easy access to Rec Bar. I know there's tons of games over at Zanzibar as well, but I can walk into Rec Bar and I have access to quite a few. newer sterns so right there on the front row there's an iron maiden or an iron maiden premium there is a guardians of the galaxy they've got a metallica pro they've got a ghostbusters pro and they've got a uh, an acdc lucy those are the ones that jumped to mind and there's there's 60 pins in that room everything for, there's uh, uh the the most beautiful attack from mars you will absolutely ever see they just added a monster bash there's classic games in there xenon i can play gorgar i think not gorg centaur sorry i can play all that and if i'm going to play a modern game i will actually walk right around that a right around that iron maiden and i'll play cdc i, I just Okay. I can't get it. Okay. I don't know why. I and, just, and, and I'll tell you, that is telling coming from a person who is a huge Iron Maiden oh, fan. Oh, I grew up. I mean, I had Iron Maiden stuff everywhere So as, as, a, as a young wee lad. Yes. Okay. So here's the thing. Uh, when, I, when I first played Maiden and the times that I have played it, I, I to this day I still love the playfield layout on it. I love the uniqueness of the shots. I love the I love everything about how the playfield is sorted, how it sits, how it shoots. I think it's I think it's different enough. It's like Ghostbusters to me. It's different enough mm-hmm. that that it that it breaks from the fan the traditional fan layout. Okay. Oh yeah, it definitely it, does. It definitely that. does yeah. that. Oh yeah. All right. So mad props for that, but. What I'll say is, is that I'm not sure that that's going to be enough to carry me. And the longer I go and the more that I've looked at Maiden, the more I think that I've come to realize that I, I don't think that's going to be enough to carry me. And so I've, over time, over the past several months, I've, I've wound up, you've softened, I've wound up softening considerably, considerably. And then, it, it, it then when I saw me. this, no, it pains me as <laughs> because well. Because I can listen to somebody play that game. Yeah. And to this day after, you know, this was in the 80s and late 80s and 90s. I mean, I had, I, I was a huge Maiden fan. Yeah. And I can, I can still sing, sing those songs 
you know, word for word, listening to somebody play it across the room if, yeah. I, if I'm in there. You know, I, I've got Maiden on my phone that I listen to when I run. Yeah, but that doesn't... So it's not but, a theme thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and, and for me, I, I where I was... Well, it's not a, it's not honestly, it's not a theme thing for me because I didn't grow up listening to Maiden. So there's no, oh, yeah, yeah, you're relatively new to it. It's not a theme thing for me either. You you were exposed to it on a trip to uh, Atlanta just about a year and a half ago. Exactly, exactly. When Alex, Alex broke me in proper on Iron Maiden. And you know what? (laughs) We're going to be in this truck seven hours, mate. Guess what you're listening to? Guess what? We're listening to four hours of Maiden. And you know what? We, I, I really, really enjoyed it. So it's not a theme thing for me either because I was, very heavily considering it, but as as I as I played on with it, I, I think the the uniqueness that initially drew me in has wound up actually isolating me out, isolating me back out of it for to for mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So I don't know. I think you and I arrive at uh, nearly the same situation, nearly at the, nearly the same position via different avenues. So here's my thing on Deadpool. I said this earlier in the show. I use this this analogy or whatever it is. This this may be a DeLorean. This may look great. Oh yeah, but I've not put my hands on it. Oh, and I've got and to play it first. I have to play it first. I mentioned this to you off mic. I've had the same problem. I don't know. My brain doesn't work in a way that I can look at these pictures of the game and get a concept of the game. Uh-huh. To me, I'm looking at this this full picture of the Deadpool playfield, and honestly, it just looks like a red and yellow jumble with Deadpool's face in the middle of it. I can't sort it out. And whenever I look at the like quarter playfield pictures or the I can't figure it out spatially how it all works. I have to. I, I, I have I, to play it. Most of the most of the pictures I see of these new titles, I don't care who it is, Stern or Jersey Jack or Spooky. I can't. My brain just doesn't work that way. I guess. Yeah. yeah no, I, I get it. I so, get it. but so what I'm going on is what I've seen in in video where I've got a little bit more my to my eye a little bit more depth because like when when uh, Jack streams, he'll show a couple different angles. Yeah, definitely. And they're not so close that you're looking at it, you know, you're looking at the eyelash on such and such character, you know, Yeah. but you're also not so far away that it just looks like a thing, a mass. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're, you're observing from a vantage point of 10 steps away. So, yeah. And and I'm not going to lie. I'm a sucker for wire forms. (laughs) I like wire forms. I, I do too. The sword is... The, sort of like a modified wire form, the katana down the right. That's awesome. It is awesome. Yes, it is. I, I'm a sucker for wire forms and, and metal, toys. And me, I'm Functional a suc- toys. I'm a I'm a sucker for wire forms and metal ramps. That's oh, what yeah. I, that's what I yeah, like. That's I like what metal. Whitney likes. Okay. There's to me the most satisfying shot. There's there's two shots of the games in my game room that I love. One being the center ramp on on Adam's family, the real short little metal ramp, because you just hear that just little bit of that of the ball goes up the ramp and tink when it hits the back. I mean, it just pow. Yeah. And I love the left spinner shot on Ghostbusters because uh-huh. it's real narrow, and when you hit it, that thing. Yes, I yeah. Those are the most satisfying shots. to me, these games I've got down here. Anyway, and well, and and rightfully so because they 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 add a lot, and it looks to me like. 
the way that they have laid the play field out, there's, I'm counting, you know, one, two, three, four. I mean, I, I'm counting what looks to me like at least four really, really fun shots on the play field. Um, five, well, actually five looking over on the right, far right hand side, but we'll, we'll see, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll have to play it, but is my is my interest peaked? And do they and do they have me wanting to come back for more? There's no doubt about it. Yes. I'm zooming in here a little yep. bit. And these and the pictures that you released too. They're still. I always take these as. I don't think they're pictures of the actual machines. They're initial pictures. They almost look like artists' pictures or like rendered, like rendered. Yeah. Yes. Either that or or they're. Uh, this almost looks like a picture like from like a pinball app. Yeah, yeah, and no, I I see where you're coming from. I think if they are the playfield pictures, then they're they're highly doctored and and they're they're lit up in such a way that uh, everything is visible very uniformly, yeah. and, yep. and and because it's all visible very uniformly, it makes it all look flat to me mm -hmm. Th there so, you go that's how i'm having a hard time yeah. always judging yes. these these yeah. pictures yeah, so, because they always look flat I i'm definitely interested in seeing one. Oh yeah yeah there's there's no doubt about it i am as well so deadpool uh definitely big news uh seemed like it caused quite a quite a stir when it when it was when you know when it was uh dropped and the pictures were released so Saw lots of people, uh, lots of people talking about it. So right so. now, I'm going to give it a six out of ten. That way, it's got plenty of room to go up, and plenty of room to go down. Fair enough. And you know what? <laughs> what? What more can you ask for on a game that you haven't played? So you know, it be that as it may. So uh, okay, Brent. Uh, a little bit of feedback here. We'll work our way through it. Um, no no uh, voicemail feedback this month, which is fine because we have plenty. Of we got plenty of feedback from a ton of other places. So. Uh, first one is an email from listener Joe Zinkas, and he, the subject on this uh, feedback was a 3D printer and 3D keychain. So, Brent, he was responding to um, to your segment on the 3D printer from last month, where you were talking about you know getting your setup and, and going. So, Joe writes in, he says, uh, so one thing you want to make sure of uh, with your 3D printer is to buy quality PLA. He says, Amazon carries many brands in various colors. I would stay away from eSun. Never had luck with them. You can trust most reviews on Amazon. Um, good brands I've used, Inland, BamTrack with an exclamation point, 3D Solutech, Zero or Zyro, Z-I-R-O, all capital, and uh, Hatchbox. Now, I'll stop there. And have you have you heard or used of I, any of that? I have. And I've heard of Inland, uh -huh. Solutech, and, and Hatchbox, with Hatchbox of those three always appearing to be the breakout as like the go-to, not super premium priced, but upper tier, yeah. you know, economy-ish priced uh, uh, filament. Yeah. Now, the others I haven't. And then, uh, Joe, if you've heard of or anybody out there, one I've read quite a bit about that seems everyone seems to be really liking is called Zyltech. Okay. So I've actually ordered some of that, and we've discussed the 3D printer stuff already, so I hadn't yeah. had much of an opportunity to use it. Yeah. But, um, no, I actually, I'll definitely have to check out uh, a couple of those, Joe, at your, at your recommendation and, yep. you know, anybody else out there as well, if you've got any, any feedback on them. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. So, so Joe goes on to say, he says, if you check out my Thingiverse page, I've modeled up a few unobtainium pinball parts and we'll have that a link to that in the, uh, in the show notes for sure. So I'm actually looking at it and there's a couple cool things on here. Like there's the, a Williams fire 
pinball ladder trapezoid. <laughs> so now I have it worked. Fire. What a great I game. Love fire. What a great so game. I'm assuming yes. that's the that's the thing that raises the ladder that's inside the horseshoe. I've okay. not actually had to work on one of those. Gotcha. So I or that mechanism. Well, like I say, we'll make sure I see that, a, he's got all kinds of stuff on here. So, yeah, Joe's Joe's always Joe's he always provides such quality feedback. And that's the <laughs> awesome thing about it. And, you know, that I mean, he drops the link and I went out and looked at it. And I'm like, whoa, he's got a lot of stuff there. So it's awesome. Lots to look at. It's thingiverse.com slash Toyota boy. Oh, two. Just Toyota like the truck, Toyota Boy O2 slash designs. Uh, if if you want to uh, type that in real quick and go for it. Oh man, so, look, he's got a he's got a uh, a holder. You know, this is this is a perfect example of where you can little widgets you can make. He made a little holder for his uh, uh, dog lead, so he could just walk up and it clips out there by the door, and you just. Oh, done. Yeah, like a little hanger. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, so Joe goes on. He says, as far as temperature. 180 to 220 Celsius for the filament and 55 Celsius for the bed are recommended temperatures. I rarely change my extrusion from the standard 205. PLA really isn't that picky. If you extrude too cool, it may jam. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Or the Z layers won't adhere good and And they may split. I've run into that uh, before things went totally south. Yeah. And I was just kind of squirreling around with temperature. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I printed something kind of on the cool side, closer like maybe 185. It's been a while, yeah. And it kind of looked good, but it didn't. But it didn't. Yeah. And I, I kind of gave it a little tweak, and it was like, like yeah. an eggshell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where well. it, the layers just split apart. Yeah. Well, there you go. And, and here's what's interesting. He says if you extrude too hot, you may get stringing. Which can easy, which can be easily removed with a hair dryer. So which, what that is that's interesting. What that is is like the when the nozzle is moving about, and say it's moving to another location to start something new, or you know you're literally printing in layers. So if you're printing something large, you might actually have to move over. Um, I don't know. Say you're printing a figurine, a mm-hmm. person with two legs. Uh-huh. Well, you can't print the right leg, then the left leg, because the right leg, if you print it and it goes up several millimeters, it'll be in the way. Yeah. So you literally print layer by layer and you have to switch leg to leg. Yeah. So as you make that travel, the distance between the two legs, that air gap, the stringing is you're too hot. And you bring the filament over. It's leaking. Yeah. And you drag a little, like drag a little strand over. Yep. 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 Exactly. So no, that makes perfect sense. Um, and he says, lastly, I believe all CR-10s come with a masking tape bed. This will not last. I highly recommend replacing it with a PEI sheet. You can get this on Amazon. Make sure it has adhesive or get some good 3M adhesive to add to it. I uh, would love to be a guest on the show to talk more. So uh-huh. I, I think that's I think that's pretty cool. So what Joe's talking about the masking tape is they would include that actually in the printer, like painting painter's tape. Yeah. And you'd put that over the bed over that glass as a build surface. I see. Because it's got a little tack uh, to it. Not tack. It's got a little texture. Uh huh. Kind of like if you want to rough oh, something up for the PLA to adhere yeah. to. Kind of yeah. like when you want to rough something up to, before you paint it. So yeah. it has a little tooth. Gotcha. Gotcha. And what I use is, um, I use glue stick. Okay. Some people use hairspray. Uh-huh. Some people I'll put down painter's tape. And then some people, I just use Elmer's glue stick. Yeah, okay, gotcha. And um, that's what I've used thus far and had good luck with it. Okay. I mean, 
And what they actually included with my printer, I've still got it upstairs. I never used it. They give you a couple of sheets of basically what is masking tape, but it's about the width of the bed. And you're like, you peel it all off and stick it on there. Oh, I just, okay. I, ne- I never even touched it. Yeah, so interesting. Joe, Joe, I got ahead of that one curveball. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. Yeah. And, uh, and Joe was nice enough. He, he included an STL file for a broken token key, t- uh, broken token key that, chain this that, that he, uh, that he is modeled awesome. up. So yeah, Joe, thank you for that. We'll, we'll include a picture of that. I'll, I'll even put the we'll put the STL file on the website. Oh if yeah, anybody wants it, they can have Joe, it. Joe, that that's that awesome, is awesome. Thank, Thank you so very much for taking the time to do that. Yeah, it's solid. As soon as as soon as I get this thing lined back out, you're going to print a couple keychains. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and one of the one of the filament colors, I think it was a Zaltec actually. I bought a kind of a fluorescent orange mm-hmm. cut for the show colors. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, maybe next month I'll have some keychains for you, Whitney. That's that's sweet. That's via, sweet. Via my printer sourced from Joe. It's sourced from Joe. It's awesome. It comes full circle. Um, uh, getting into the Facebook feedback, uh, listener of the show from the show, Jeff Waldron, he pinged me on on Messenger, and he sent me a link to a program from Autodesk. It's called Fusion 360, and we'll have a link to it in the show notes where you can go get educational slash student pricing on this. And it's the modeling software that he uses. And he says that in all of the, in all the packages that that he has, uh, that he's run through, he says that Fusion 360 has has been, uh, I think, one of the best experiences for him. Uh, He did include a picture of um, some Atari cone button plungers. Okay. Or I'm sorry, uh, Atari logo joystick plunger that he modeled in 360 and then printed out. And I, I think it's interesting that that he was able to make a fairly complex model that way. I mean, I've done no work in this. I mean, Brent, ne- I don't, I don't know. I. I don't know if you've okay. Right, I haven't. Fair my my order, my little mental order of learning here, yeah, was understand the printer and work with what's available, and then start designing. Then may, then take something and maybe do some modifications to okay. dip my toe in that water. Yeah. That and then get to the point like a Joe or a Jeff where I'm just going to create something out of the ether. Out of the ether. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, keep this in mind. I mean, Jeff's Jeff's definitely come a long way with, with that knowledge. I mean, he's talked to me about it several times over the course of the past year. And uh, I mean, he's, he's modeled up some good, he's modeled up some pretty, some pretty nice stuff. So even some, uh, even like some figurines for his gut for ghostbusters and things like that. So he's, He's got the skills there, so I, I think that's I think that's pretty neat. So he mentioned buying nylon, and when you start to get past PLA, and I'm probably this is going to be a very pedestrian because that's my knowledge level, a very entry level pedestrian knowledge level for 3D printing. But PLA is kind of that kind of right out of the box prototyping filament. Yeah, rel- relatively easy to print. It's it's in terms of variations in temperature and other settings that you have to go through then you start to step up and then nylon you start to get it gets more complex there's more heat there's more different hardware requirements and all that and i almost wonder if if something like that you don't go to like a um Oh, it just escaped me. There's a couple companies out there where you can actually send them your models and they'll print it in your with higher end equipment and higher yeah. 
You, know, I, you go to them for a short run. Well, I would even think that something like this may be better served out of something like Delrin. You know, where where you where you get it cut, it cut it you out. machine it out. Yeah, you machine it out of something like Delrin. That well, I mean, once you've got the model proven and, and you know it's good, then. Uh, nylon maybe maybe nylon is that great kind of prosumer material, and then mm-hmm. if you want to go you know full on production and but hey yeah, if, if something like that you know for all, I haven't actually talked to Jeff about this I didn't realize he he uh, or, or Joe for that matter yeah that they actually did design work yeah nylon nylon might be like a finger snap to Jeff and, and Joe or whoever you it know could, it could be I, I, I'm the new I, guy I here well, well and, I, and yeah. I'm even less than that so there we are oh yeah and, and here we are sitting here talking about the topic like we know something so <laughs> that's what we do that's what we do exactly fake it till you make it yeah that's, it works on so many levels <laughs> um this next one, Brent, is from uh, Lee uh, Wagolinski from Pinball Supernova, and he sent this over to me uh, via Facebook Messenger. And I went out and watched the video, and this is, in my mind, this is one of the is one of the, the the neatest things. This is a guide with a full bill of materials, parts list, and everything, start start to stop, uh, on building a translite pinball translite light box for displaying and swapping out translites for you to display in your game room. So he gives the full guide and the parts list, and it's on uh, pinballsupernova.com. And I, I talked to Lee about it, and he, you know, he was very appreciative of, of, the, of the return compliment that I had on it because it, 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 it looks awesome. I mean, you built this thing for under $100. He said it, takes, uh, it took him, the first one took him about a day, I mean, I'm sure you, after you've built three or four of them, you could you could ratchet that down, you know, for by a few hours, and um, it's nice. I mean, you can hang the you can hang the light box on the wall, present it on a shelf. You could stack them on top of each other, mount them on the wall, swap the translites in and out. They're LED lit on the backside, just very very high quality, good good looking stuff. And and Lee is. Lee's definitely a friend of the show, and Pinball Supernova is just a great site. Just tons and tons of pinball resources available on his website, so check it out. Here's the win here for everybody. A lot of people might say, and I do this too, oh, I can build a box. It's three dimensions. All right. He's done all the homework. He's done all the homework. All (laughs) you have to do is just do what he did. You might have to slightly modify the dimension if your translate's a little different. Yeah. But if he's already got the bill of materials, you're not going to Lowe's four times. That's exactly right. Or Home Depot four times or whatever your local hardware store is. Hopefully you only go twice. Oh my gosh, I forgot my LED controller. I needed how long? Yeah. No, no, no. No, that's the win no, here. You get that yeah. stuff, you knock that stuff out ahead of time and have it show up at your house so you can build four of them at once. And that's what you want to do. He spent a lot these. of time documenting this uh-huh. to save you a lot of time that's building it. That's it. exactly right. That is it, awesome. It, it is. It's awesome. And I, I this is one this is one of those projects that I promised myself I would get to at some point in time because I literally want I've got a spot. I've got a, an empty wall spot. I've got an empty spot on one of my walls where I could stack like four or six of these, like two rows of three on top of each other, and it would just be awesome. I mean, I could swap out translites day day in day day in and day out, and I just think they're the coolest thing because let's face it, 
I mean, I would be going for Stern because that's the bulk of my bulk, if not all my games. Let's face it, Stern's got some really pretty trans lights, yeah, and then I you could that. then you could go with some of the more classic Williams and stuff like that, and you you could make this up to where if you found some older Williams or some older Bally. Uh, I mean, you could you could create some really nice wall art beyond a shadow of a doubt. So I, well, I'm a big fan of this. I, I've already got on my to do list. I need to build one for my niece. Okay. And, and I, did I talk about giving her an Adams family my Adams family translator on the show? Did. Yes, you did. So she still has my the Adams family. Tra- it's not mine now. It's hers. Mm-hmm. But she's got an Adams family translate. And I said that would be something that we, her and I need to get together and do. It, this just shortcuts that she wants a she wants a backlit box to put it on her wall. Well, if you want a project that the both of you could do in a day, there it is. Yeah, yeah, done. So, I, I I reached out to Lee and I and I thanked him for this because it hit home for me because it's something that I want to do, and I it just seems like one of those awesome pinball peripheral projects to do at some point in time. So, Lee, thank you, thank you for taking the time to uh, to to message and send that over. Mm. Thank you for giving me some work. Lee. Yeah, no doubt. Well, no already, doubt. Already, hey, the it. price is right. <laughs> no, I already had it. <laughs> yeah, the price is right. How about that? All right, Brent. We got some feedback on episode on on the last episode from Facebook. You want to you want to tag team this? <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Wild. <laughs> I had to think about this for a second. It's like, what is he talking about? <laughs> I drove <laughs> Jonathan Wild. I drove to Lowe's immediately after after listening to the show and brought a frost freeze spigot, hooked it up to my beer tap and get frosty cold beer every every time now of <laughs> the show, guys. Yeah, I mean, I had to read it twice. A because frost freeze is that a fro- the break? Frost freeze, not frost. Free. That's where it was. Which yeah. is which is what your mind wants to yeah. read. But frost freeze. Frost freeze. Yes. Spigot. Exactly. Yeah. So for for new listeners of the show, episode seventy while seventy two. I'm sorry, seventy one while seventy two is focused on three printers and Star Trek VR games. Seventy one and maybe even seventy had a, a definite tinge of plumbing. Oh yeah, yeah. There's so, in home repair, failed home repair. Yeah. So there oh. he is. Uh, friend of the show, Sean O'Shea, he says, I'm Brent being laid up at some point and trying to remember what part of him was, was being made bionic. Uh, Brent Griffith is the 6 million token man. Remember, <laughs> hashtag no cash value. Did, did we get into some conversation about, <laughs> oh, 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 because I had talked about, we, we had another one of these reoccurring conversations i talked about a video game and i talked about being laid up after a surgery yeah, yeah. and it was um kingdom hearts yeah that's what it was and i was talking that almost sold a console to me it, just just on that one yeah. alone right I, this is a pattern isn't it star it's, trek kingdom hearts it's all, it's all good i, I mean, thought about buying a ds yeah it's it's it, we all fall we all fall into it dude you're you're just you're you're able to withhold and, and and hold out more than more than the average person on that regard. So that's good. So once you go and take Dennis's, because I think you actually found this originally, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure enough. And then the next one is is a feedback is is awesome feedback on a question that you post. So Dennis uh, Dennis Kreisel says, "Thank you for the kind words on the pinball manufacturer's guide. I wrote for uh, Twip this week in pinball." I'd hoped uh, I formatted it in a way that was uh, usable but not overwhelming. 
Even sticking to solid state, there was a few of the smaller players that I left off that may that may have deserved to mention, but some of them are pretty difficult to learn details on. It's understandable because they're probably nothing more than a memory to some people at this point in time. Given, well, if they were even stateside, I know they, there were several were stateside That's non-U.S. Right pinball manufacturers em and solid state yeah so that a lot of times they may have gone out of business before before they even got a product over here who knows Mm -hmm. it could have happened i have no plans to write anything on how to create a pinball manufacturing business though but if you want to know how to fail at one i think i've got (laughs) enough current examples to build you a relatively straightforward model (laughs) wink Wink. Here's so, here's a here's a non-exhaustive too, list of too, things too not shade. to do. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and um, and, and it's funny. And Dennis, thank you for the for the feedback in your article. Um, the, the the whole. The, the whole dissertation on on the, the ins and the outs of the different manufacturers was just excellent. So if you, if you haven't seen that, we've got the link to we've got the link to that article uh, in the uh, or the guide rather. It's more than an article; it's a guide in last month's show notes, and it's also over at the TWIP uh, web. It, it's a TWIP uh, homepage uh, this week in pinball. So check it out. And Dennis, thanks for taking the time. So this is actually directed at me from. Uh Jeremy Ajima. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I think that's and, right. We'll and go I, with that. And I really like this because most things directed at me are uh, generally angry and ire filled. <laughs> so this is <laughs> or, or or demand money. Yeah, what, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. There you go. <sighs> In my life. Here's a video response to Brent's question about a dehumidifier in the game room. PS love the podcast. And there's a, there's YouTube link. Now, Whitney, was this the one that you'd mentioned was in uh in Facebook? Yeah, this response was in okay. Facebook, but it linked over to a YouTube video. And, and Jeremy, again, I apologize. I, pre- I I will definitely go check this out. Yeah, we'll yeah, have a you, link you in the show need, notes. You need to. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. You need to. And, and he wound up doing a video response and even picked out the audio from the episode of you and I talking about this. And he played the audio of you asking the question in the video. And he said, well, Brent... Here's the answer to your question, and it, I mean it was it was done it was done in a very in, in a bit of a whimsical way, but but a really good way. So, uh, Jeremy did a good job. So he's got uh, I guess this is his recommendation. It says he's running a seventy pint Frigidaire unit. They're about two twenty five on Amazon. Yeah. So there's a couple things there right off just in that one sentence. When I think something like a dehumidifier, the the first thing that jumps to mind this think back to the earlier conversation in the thermal former about the vacuum pump. You've got your upper-ish you know, name brand, which would be like the Robin Air if you were in HVAC systems. Yeah. And then you've got a whole host of Me Too's that are just Chinese branded, you know, and the quality may be varied and there's 50 names and it's all the same unit. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I kind of envision, even if I walked into a Lowe's or something, getting some brand, some name, at least no name recognition, kind of a niche type of a deal. And you're not sure what you're getting. Is it the value? Who is this company right there? It's frigid air. Yeah. Yeah. And and the price point, you know, now not saying frigid air didn't rebrand something else, but they, I at least have some feeling that they've done the research to put their name on it, that it's a quality type unit oh gotcha, gotcha. does that make yeah, sense i don't yeah. know if that makes sense you know no, it, it I'm, does, i don't yeah. want to sound like i'm falling victim to to like a brand loyalty but with 
with a brand like Frigidaire, like Hot Point, uh, you know, if you're talking appliances, even if they don't make it, they still have got to maintain their name to yeah, some level. Yeah. So, you know? so I think I think it's I think it's as solid of a recommendation as as you can get. Mm-hmm. Um, at the least price point doesn't seem bad. It you know? doesn't seem bad. And I did take some screen caps from the video. One of the more interesting things is if you um, and I'll put the pictures on in the show notes. So don't worry about that. Go out to go out to the website and take a look at the show notes. One of the interesting things is instead of just um, dumping the bucket on the dehumidifier every day or, or a couple times a day, he hooked up a he, he hooked up the drain line to a furnace condensation pump and then he rigged up a run counter to keep track of the number of times that the pump <laughs> empties out the dehumidifier and does it and does what would essentially be the physical equivalent of a dump at the bucket. Okay, so so Jeremy's got it well, going on. That idea, he'll get an idea of what his humidity's like because he can just look at the run counter. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and in the game room, I'm sorry, and in the video, he do, he does a quick tour of the game room, which he's got he's got a lot of pins. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of nice pins. It's it's a nice looking game room down there in his basement. You know, he, he just kind of talks about where he's leveled out on the setting and and everything like that. So, uh, his YouTube channel is called Pinball Mayhem. Uh, I tossed him a sub for sure, and uh, Jeremy, thanks for thanks for taking the time to do that. So I, I think he's like the first video response, and I that's I mean, awesome. It was cool because I felt like he was talking to us because he was talking to us, you know. So it was neat. Uh, so I just actually started the video, and I thought that I what I saw in the still from the video was a particular jukebox. Um, but it's not the box I was thinking of. He does have a jukebox in his game room, though. Got his nice CD box down there. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got a nice looking setup. No doubt oh, yeah. about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to watch this. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, it's awesome. This is th- this is the end of the show where Brent thanks everybody profusely. It's, hey, it's all good, man. It's all good. When when the feedback rolls in like this, that that's what you do. Uh, on Twitter, Brent, uh, this month was uh, was varied in I've topic. Heard, I've and, heard of Twitter. Yeah, I, I know, I know. We'll we'll eventually get you there. It was it was very, it was varied on topic, just as much as our show was last month. Uh, Retro Amigo says, "Catching up, and I feel your pain. I had a solder joint on a hose bib burst inside the wall and flood our living room oh. and bedroom, and I was I was just like, oh, that oh, that's gotta hurt." He says, "It's been a huge, frustrating headache." I, I told you during the last show and for for folks that didn't hear the show the reason we got on the plumbing topic was a, a a leak i had to deal with in my game room bathroom yeah and then that led to a conversation you had that almost affected your game room oh, from a yeah. burst pipe. almost flooded my whole basement again and that is one of my biggest fears is a burst pipe in a wall cavity i can't get to that you cannot get to without mm. a sawzall yeah yeah without exactly. a sawzall exactly and he says so anyway i'm recycling the tweet below and wanted your thoughts and uh his prior tweet that was the struggle is real ever consider those washing machine drain pans or flood trays you think they would help any well, I, I went on and and replied back, and I've I think I've got the reply. So they also make those pans to go under water heaters as well. Yes, they do. Yeah, and man, I need one of those. Well, if you've got a water heater or a washing machine that develops, this is the plumbing podcast. Yeah, yeah. There's there's limits, you know, because it's only so big. Yeah, and if yeah, you've got true. a slow leak where you've just burst a seam ever so slightly in a water heater, yeah. you catch it. You can catch it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. I've got a drain in there in my in my laundry room. So yeah. my water heaters, 
five or six foot from the drain and my, my washing machine is right in front of it. Yeah. So if anything bursts, the way the floor is angled, it'll go right into the drain and then right into the, the sump pump crock. Yeah. That's gotcha. right there. So gotcha. well, the, you're, you're set up. I good. am covered Yeah. on that. You got it. So that's good. So you, you, have you ever considered one of these, one of the, one of the pans? I, I'm uh, next time I replace my water heater, I may very well do it because if it buys me, if it buys me half a day or something like yeah. that, or a few hours, I'm in and out of that room where the water heater is quite often, almost, almost at least uh, two to three times a day. And, um, I would catch it. I, I feel like I would see it as long as I was home, you know, and that pan would just maybe buy me an hour or maybe buy so, me so two. So what you would do here, because like if your water heater burst, it's in the basement, I'm yeah. going to guess. Yeah. What I would do And is, what's its proximity to your game room? Um, it's on the other side. They're on opposite sides of the house. But what I would do, though, is I would probably drill a small hole in the side of that pan and rig out a hose, a hose bib out to where if the water if the water level got up above the hose bib then the hose would just drain into a drain. I just run the I just mm-hmm. run the little You put a water level meter in it. Yeah, exactly. You can get a little uh, you know, yeah, it's a good just, idea. Just uh, a uh, is it a water level or a water sensor. There's yeah. several names for them. Yeah. You're not looking for levels as much as you're just looking for presence of water. Presence of moisture. You, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've you can get them like where you can hang like in a sump pump crock or something yeah. so if the water rises then it goes off. Then it goes off. That's what yeah. you, you know. That's what yep. you. There you go. Yep. There you go. And that that helps. So uh, there's a couple solutions there. But I, yeah, I'm definitely next time I swap my water pump I'm, or my water uh, heater, I'm definitely going to do that. And that's that. That's something you know. Th- let's th- let's throw it out to listeners for folks that have basement game rooms. <laughs> yeah. Which in my mind puts uh y- your your water heater in proximity to your games. Yeah. Because if you think about it, the way my basement's laid out, my water heater is right through here, Whitney. So it's on the opposite, it's on the back wall of the house. My house is longer than it is deep. It's not a long distance. Now I'm covered again because I got a drain in there. I'm okay. But man, that that could be a horror story where you have a, a water heater burst uh, a seam significantly, or you have a hose on your washing machine burst and it gets into your game room. Oh yeah. Bad news. So I, I'd be interested to let's, let's hear some horror stories. Yeah, Who's had yeah, that oh happen? Gosh, and yeah. and how, how does everybody deal with that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm fortunate. Like I say, mine's on the other end of the house, but that doesn't mean anything if it runs long enough. I mean, this, this could be a topic that could help somebody because yeah. this, I'm sure just like happens with us, there may be some folks out there that that look at it and they're like, Oh, I realized all that, but it never occurred to me. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause it's just, you just don't think about maybe, it. You maybe turn, it's an ounce of prevention. We've you know? all had these, we all know how this game stuff goes. You start with one and then they come in the house pregnant. You turn mm-hmm. around, you got 40, you got 40, you know? Yeah. And before you know it, you've got them. Where's your hot water heater? It's over there behind the major havoc. Yeah, exactly. You don't, it just yeah. happens. And you don't even really consider yeah. why that's a problem. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Sean yes. O'Shea. Sean O'Shea, have at it. 
Uh, starting at Broken Token episode 71, let the hashtag one worthy commutes begin. Yep, one X worthy. Oh, one X worthy. Yep. Oh, so, here. so, Sean, we, we hope that it lives up to that, <laughs> buddy, for sure. Sean. Uh, fr- friend, friend of the show, John Davies, uh, he has, he's responding to some news for, um, for, for Super Smash Brothers, and he says, I'd still like to see Mr. U from Skyskipper and his biplane bomb the heck out of a stage as an assist trophy, Whitney, I to- it would totally be fine. So, John, that's a, a great reference, man. I, Who knows if Nintendo would ever do that? I think it'd actually be kind of cool, but uh, I guess the future remains to be seen. We, you know, we'll, I'm sorry. We'll see. I'm looking at the next one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, this, is, this is great. Now, this is in response to the banner from 71, which is a ghosted picture of Bob Vila. Yes. And a water spigot with a Ghostbuster circle and slash through it. And yeah. the show title was The Frost Free spigot uh in reference to all of our plumbing woes that we were talking about and game room concerns and uh uh parnell lutz now would you go lutz or lutz i'd I'd say lutz okay yeah parnell lutz sent us this picture figured you guys uh would just use flex tape and fix all of your plumbing and it's the flex it's the flex tape ad yeah which which is that the is that the natural evolution of the flex seal spray it it is well and and you notice i replied and i said uh and i said believe me the thought crossed my mind if i had a screen door handy i would have flex sealed that thing to the wall (laughs) If you're, I, I don't know if that's this thing outside of the U.S. Man, I don't know, but flex, but I want to buy Flex Seal every time I see the commercial. If you, if you're not in the U.S., if you don't know what we're talking about, go to YouTube. There has got to be the Flex Seal commercials all over YouTube. Yeah, and, and the guy that does the Flex Seal commercials, he's your, he's your consummate. Um, TV salesman, TV sales guy. Yeah, he's doing his infomercial. You know that you would see doing an infomercial. He's got the big smile on his face, loud and, and proud, loud, and he's he's showcasing the product. Yeah, and he has this this habit of taking things and making them into a boat <laughs> yeah. by sealing them with flex seal. Very true. Very <laughs> so, true. You know, uh, in one of them, he 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 actually did what he put. They put a screen door in the bottom of a John boat, an aluminum boat, and they flex sealed it in. And he's out, and I can even see. And he yeah. just, I mean, he's out like through the Louisiana Bayou with a, with a fan boat on the, <laughs> on the back and just cutting it. And then, have you seen? Have you seen the um, the all terrain vehicle that they put together with flex seal? That they literally sealed the entire tube frame and everything together. That sounds vaguely familiar, but it's crazy. <laughs> absolutely crazy hey it just only has it has to survive one take yeah there you go (laughs) no i have to look for that i have not seen that yeah yeah look it up and so parnell goes on to say he goes what is sort of funny near the start of our podcast i had a water issue in my game room as well darn you water however i'm sure glad pinballs are on legs yeah so and that's the only saving grace and uh you're exactly right i think we mentioned that in the last show because spooky and i, I see uh t glory in his next post yeah actually talks a little bit about spooky uh his next tweet here yep or the next tweet i think spooky had an issue with a what with some water leakage and it basically what saved their pinballs is they were all up on legs. It yeah. didn't get that high. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if you're if you've got a video, you're done. Oh yeah, yeah we're talking vids. You're man. done. They're, they're, they're toast. They're just going to sponge it up like nobody's business. I well, I'm thinking of a story, but that's I don't want to divert us. Oh anyway. no, we're we're pretty much we're we're almost here to the end. I, so listener friend of the show, Todd Laurie, he said, "Wow, there's some drama right there," and he's referring to uh, another this week in pinball 
Stern.com post where uh, they noted that um, it was reported that Stern nabs the Godzilla license from Spooky. And I went through and read the article um, from the show, Preston Burt. He says, yeah, it doesn't seem like too much drama other than Stern having deeper pockets for a particular for a popular title. And I, I, you know, I tell you what, steering away from the drama is generally a good thing, but I I was interested in this and and I'll put this in here out of personal interest. I was interested because I mean, Godzilla has just been such a seminal, uh, it's just been such a seminal, um, I I guess character and theme and, and, and everything for Charlie and, and, and bug and everybody over, over at spooky. I was really surprised to, to see them, not get it and i if there's one pinball machine that i thought would that those guys would make it would be godzilla and when i say make i mean mass produce by make so this there's two things that come to mind one what's the viability of godzilla i i haven't heard anything about a new movie anything like that there's nothing right now that stern could jump on to tie that theme to whether it's currently in the theaters currently well or or currently in pop culture because i'm thinking of like star wars you know there wasn't a a luke skywalker leia darth vader type movie in the theaters whereas that's the primary theme of the star wars pin that you know was back out in what november you know just before the holidays yeah yeah i would say but, october november yeah, yeah but that's a pop cult you know still pop, 2017 there's yeah. still uh star wars movies coming out it's still super relevant that's the word i was looking for earlier relevant it's still super relevant and it's huge in pop culture godzilla I, I don't not, understand not why. So, not so much. Not so much. Yeah. Now, I, it, it's 100% fit with Spooky. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. That's their thing. Their clientele, it would hit huge with them. I just don't see that as fitting the Stern model where they're trying to be a, a wider appeal. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I, I don't understand that. I didn't understand it either. I, I mean, I don't, of course it's impossible to know what goes on behind closed doors. So it's one, is it a scenario where Stern just wanted to withhold the title or I'm sorry, withhold the theme. And, that that, and, that and, was my second. Yeah, that was it. Here we go. Point two. that. Yeah, yes, exactly. They, they bought it for the sole purpose of squatting on it so that nobody else would be able to do anything with the theme. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. Uh, who, who knows the answer to that question? Probably only the people at Stern. So so there is that. But uh, I actually expected that particular piece of news to garner more uh, discussion than I saw it garner because it just felt to me like a bit of a, a land grab between Stern and Spooky. But who, who's to say? Uh, maybe it went down completely different behind closed doors. I, I, I don't know. So I, I can't. I can only imagine. Uh, business is business. I understand that, but there, there's also within within this community, there's there's a level of respect, and, and you know, love or hate Stern or whatever. I, I in, my, in my heart of hearts, I feel that they've got a, a level of respect for everybody that's in the business. I don't think Gary wants ill will to anybody. I, I just can't imagine they would they would buy option that license just to sit on it yeah. but yeah. if but they got it i would think they're going to build it you, or they have genuine plans to build it you would think you would think but i guess well time, time will prove that one way or the other so 
All right, Brent, before we, uh, before we wrap up the show, um, how about let's give a plug to, uh, one of our, one of our favorite upcoming shows here in November of this year. Uh, what show? Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. The Grand Ole Game Room Expo, buddy. I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Friend of the show, David Corrigan. Yeah. Uh, he and his wife. Take him putting on. <laughs> <laughs> David, Brent said that, <laughs> not me. So, Grand Ole Game Room Expo going on at, at where? The Millennium Maxwell House Hotel now, in Nashville, Tennessee. For folks that have made it to the show in prior years, this is a new venue. So just kind of keep that in mind. Uh, I, I've done this at times where I've, okay, I know exactly where I'm going and I get in the car and uh, they moved it. So just kind of keep that yeah. in mind. It's a new venue. Just want, want to bring that out. But like Whitney said, it's the Millennium Maxwell House. And uh, Whitney, did you give the dates? It's November 9th through the 11th. 9th through the 11th. Yeah. And as things are going now, uh, I definitely, I definitely will be there. That was a that was a non-committal but committed statement. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. same for me. Yeah, I'm unless fully, something major happens. Yep. Uh, yeah, fully planning on attending. Okay, so we're we're both going to be yeah. there. Yep. yep, yep, fully planning on it. And uh, looking forward to it. It's always a great I'm, show. I'm looking forward to it too. I was messaging with David just a few days ago, and I, I told him, I'm, I'm like, you know, man, I am definitely looking forward to your to your expo, and I am. So I'm I've got I've got high hopes, and I, I know it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, come out and see us. I mean, we haven't spoken with David yet exactly uh, as to his plans, but if, if we're invited to do so, I'm sure that Whitney and I will uh, be on panels. We'll bore everyone to death in person. <laughs> There's generally, when we speak, hijinks that ensue. There's plenty of gifts. And weather permitting, Whitney will wash a car. Oh, I, hey, you know what? I'm up for that. I'm yeah. up for that. You know, just, we'll, we'll donate we the proceeds will, to charity. For listeners, we will shill for listeners like you wouldn't believe. Like you would not believe. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Absolutely. All right, Brent. So we're we're at the end of another. Dude, this is this is Broken we're, Token podcasting OG style. We're getting back to the old form. My goodness, I man. Know. We sit down here at what, 6 o'clock and said, oh, we're, we're going to we got, we got to get started so we can knock this thing out. We'd have been done if we, you know, 20, in 20 minutes in if we weren't talking about 3d printers it's all good man it's all good i I mean let's put it this way as soon as i see that uh, a listener of the show has provided me with a way of printing out my own podcast keychain and all i lack all i lack is a 3d printer i'm going to fix that problem right now what you like is is just a little patience waiting for your co-host to figure his out (laughs) that's that boom baby more succinctly you lack a competent (laughs) co-host Well, I, I'm not going to boom to that because I got to support my co-host, but I, you know what? Patience is a virtue and I will exercise my virtue. Oh, How about that? That's funny. So, there we go. All right, Brent, where can everybody find us at, man? We are on Rob O'Hare's awesome, awesome network, the Throwback Network at throwbacknetwork.net. We're on iTunes. Please, 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 please uh, leave a review and rate the podcast. You know, we don't do this for money. We do it for the love of the hobby. We do it for everybody out there that enjoys the show. We love the feedback uh, that we get. And if you can give us an iTunes review, that just gets our reach out there a little bit more, exposes us a little bit more. It brings us up in the suggestions. Yeah, so it helps. We're on Stitcher Radio, Xbox Music, and the Google Play Store. 
Yep. And as far as social media goes, uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash broken token, Twitter at broken token, and the website brokentoken.com. Whitney, that's a wrap. I think I'm going to go print something. Yeah. yeah you, you know what, Brent? You should hop right on that. I need a keychain, dude, <laughs> and I need it before I leave. Okay. Well, when are you, are you going to leave in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave next month. How about that? Yeah. I, 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 dude, I'll tell you what. I'm waiting this keychain out. That's it's what I'm it's do. late. Yeah. So it might it be tomorrow late. afternoon. Uh, we'll, I'll have to get you some stuff. Do you mind? Which machine do you want to sleep under? Uh, I would suggest probably high speed because I don't think there's a subwoofer under it. Okay. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I was... Um, in fact, I'm going to sleep long ways in front of them. Okay, that'll that? work. That's is, fine. Is, is that, that okay? Yeah, that's fine. That'll right, work. Good that'll deal. Work. Good deal. All right, everybody. Uh, 72, that's a wrap. August 2018. Thank you for listening. Uh, keep your quarters clean and game on. Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with, but I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Letzi. And that's me. <laughs> music for the Broken Token Podcast is graciously provided by Mr. Scott Denisi. For more information about his music and the projects that he works on, visit his website at www.scottdenisi.com. Go Team Fiero. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, because I've got controversial things to say. It'll be all right. Do you? Good. Excellent. (laughs)